0: Good day, y'all. Good day. Good day, A slash y'all. It's uh, (laughs) welcome to another four side chat, a podcast about blacksmithing, bladesmithing and everything in between with a heavy focus on talent in the great white north. He's talking about Canada, eh?
1: And today we're going down south again. I know we we've been doing this a lot lately, but I've got a lot of love for the guy that we're bringing on today. We've got Clark Toplin coming in from Clark Iron Forge. This gentleman has been playing with metal since, like, since he was in a diaper for crying out loud. This guy is a true maker. He's been dabbling in the arts for a long time. He made his first knife when he was like, what would, would you say you were six or seven? No, no, I was. Let's see, I was, I was twenty. Oh, it was, it was welding.
2: Seven, so.
1: It was welding. Yeah, I've been kidding. welding since I was like five. Right. And so, and now you've been running Clark Iron Forge for the last three years. He's specializing in making hydraulic presses and forges. He's doing awesome work. You can find him all over the social medias. In fact, he was just at Sofa hanging out with some of the best-known blacksmiths in the country. We're going to talk to him about that right away. This man is 67 years old. He knows his shit. So get your pencil pads out and start taking notes, you guys. This is going to get serious. Yes, very, very serious. As this that. podcast is known to be yeah, very as serious
0: as very serious business here. Serious, serious. Good, good, good. <laughs> Nick, how you been, buddy? Oh, I've been doing all right. I haven't been getting up to much in my shop, but I've been uh, forging over with uh, Josh Cos of Cost uh, Forge and uh, Jacques Gallon doing some uh, pretty neat uh, kind of historical projects. Working on the. Uh... Pushing out the helmets, you were saying, eh? Yeah, one piece helmet raising with strikers. No, no power hammers involved. It's been, uh, it's been an adventure. It's been a lot of fun, though. You're a bit of a power hammer yourself, though, aren't you? You're super strong.
1: <laughs> nice, cool man. Oh, well, it's good to hear that you're hanging out with Josh again, and uh, that you got Jacques into the crew. Now that's pretty cool, dude. Uh, Jacques, I mean, yeah. Me and him. We gotta drag him on uh, here at some point. I I would love to, man. I me and him go back to Can Iron, dude. When I did the virtual Can Iron with Justin, he ended up getting involved in that and was like, "You guys did such an amazing job." And he ended he sent us both the t shirts and I I love oh, sweet it, dude. his t shirt is awesome. Have you seen it? Where it says
0: dropping the hammer on the back.
1: Sweet. Yes, and I have. Picture. Yeah, that's a nice t shirt. Yeah.
0: There you go. I get a shout out out right away. Right Two off of them. them. To Josh Goss and Jacques Galal. Clark, how you been doing? Man? How about you, buddy? Oh,
1: okay. Me? Yeah, you.
2: Like I told you I've, I've been going since 5.30 this morning, and sorry I was late for the broadcast. I got tired. I fell asleep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no worries. But, but, you
2: know, working on some Damascus I was playing with last night, just trying to get something together for an event this weekend, but I probably won't make it, but that's all right. Things happen. But uh, no, I, I really I do love, I love be, making stuff. Like you said, I I I love in kind of inventing things. You know, sometimes I'm laying there in the, at night, you know, and I'm thinking, I think
1: of something I can do. You know, uh-huh. I can do this that way, or I can do this that way, and so I got to go out and try it. Yeah, you know? uh, like right there on the spot, you get up you, as you thought about it. It's four o'clock <laughs> in the morning, out to the shop. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I get up on the spot and do it, but I'm ready to do it when I wake up.
1: But, okay, yeah. okay. Right <laughs> God.
2: It's like I've always had this thing to put a wrap a canister around a railroad spike. You know, I love railroad spike guys. In fact, when I do like knife classes, that's what I teach is the railroad spike, just to do the. You know, teach people how to move the metal and all that stuff. Yeah, it's but a great beginner you project. it with a you wind up with a good looking crappy knife, you know I mean it looks <laughs> great, but it's you don't know, <laughs> it won't hold an edge for crap, you know, and so I'm thinking I've always wanted to stick one down in a canister damascus, you know, and try to do a canister around it, and then I'll have a cool railroad spike with a great blade on it be be cool, we'll see how it turns out,
0: you know so. Yep. That'll be really interesting. I did see that pic on your Instagram. It's uh it it made me go, Oh, huh? for a second. I was like, hmm, this could be really interesting.
3: Yeah,
2: I might might wind up being a little trademark thing, you know, doing 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 it like that, you know. I might I might just put a whole bunch of cans together for the classes and we'll just do some
1: spike classes, you know. What did you have in the canister with it? Just uh ten eighty
2: four powder. And then and, and, and paper clips. Oh, no, that's <laughs> the paper clips. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Uh, it's hard to believe people don't realize that most paper clips are spring steel. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know, so it's uh, so, but even if it wasn't, it's, it's still going to be a far cry above a, a straight railroad spike blade, you know, <laughs> you know
0: 1084, isn't it? You know, yeah, you should get enough carbon migration there. I could, no, I could hear. No. I
1: think I could hear people yelling at us already. oh,
2: nice, oh boy! Ah,
1: the heck with them! <laughs> Do you follow Andy Elm at all? Yes, I love the guy. That guy uh, makes some wicked cool railroad spike
2: knives, man. I made a kukri one time out of a railroad spike. It turned out really beautiful, it, but I still not. I'm still not. Drawing them things out near like he does. I, I'm not. Yeah. Like, what in the world? You know,
1: I've I've some of the ones I've looked at. It's like that's from a railroad spike. How the hell? I know. I know. They do. Uh, granted, no, they, like
2: them. they do make them. a longer. There is a longer railroad spike. Yeah, I have one. Yeah, and it's and granted, and I'm thinking. I saw a guy that they post a beautiful picture of like this tomahawk made out. You know, like a mini mousehawk made out of a road spike and. It was bent over and the beard must have went down four or five inches. I'm thinking he had to use a long spike,
1: <laughs> you know, but, you know, but I don't know. I mean, you've made tomahawks out of spikes before too? Oh yeah. 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 That's, uh, what, that's yeah. one of the first projects I ever did. I, Railroad spikes were one of the first things I ever played with for that exact reason that we're talking about. They're great starting material. You get them for free if you do things
2: if you Portland. don't get arrested yeah.
1: yeah well if you if you have friends that work at the railroad company that's how you do there you it go. Yeah, there you yes. Go. yes and, and yeah. like
2: you and said I, it's- I, I actually buy my news for school i buy them online
1: oh really i don't encourage any
2: kids to r- walk through railroad tracks i just buy my
1: snacks I, brand new i don't know what you're talking about i would never encourage that either that's that's
0: <laughs> not encouraged no comments Although I can walk a railroad track and pick a five-gallon bucket full, you
2: know. Uh, <laughs> you could. I got all
0: mine from a scrapyard. Uh-huh. Well, the, thi- the thing that I would
1: lean towards is finding defunct railroad lines, ones that are obviously no oh, yes. longer in use. And at that point, if you're going to get called for that being an illegal process, I mean... I highly doubt anyone's ever going to stop you from that but I, I could be wrong I don't know what do I know and I'm not encouraging it. don't do it <laughs> I've never in my life
2: heard of anybody doing it you know yeah. You know, I, I pulled up one day where they were doing a bunch of track maintenance and they had a big pile of, of the plates and the springs and the railroad spikes there and I just asked the guys there I said can I have it can I have some of that you know and they just said uh well, we'll be gone between sessions. <laughs> and like, okay, okay. I'm not plausible I'm, deniability. I'm not gotta love it. it. I'm not going to get it. You know, but, but they yeah they weren't going to say yes. But yeah, it's pretty funny. You got guys like Timothy Dick. did I walked out out of them with a like a little bucket that's got a full of spikes, and there's a policeman's right there at the crossing, and I'm thinking, oh god, somebody called him. And uh, he's like, "What you doing?" I said, oh, "I'm just looking for rails bikes." Oh, that's cool. <laughs> 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 I I have
1: been. I don't know. I can't say I was arrested by the rail police in Winnipeg before. Detained outside of the police car. I was not. I was not put inside the police car because I we managed to talk our way out of it. We were snowboarding next to the railroad track. And it was not – we weren't on the railroad track at all, but we were beside it. And I guess somebody called us in for playing on the railroad tracks. And the the CP police or CM police came, and f- came in on us with two cars, boxed us in, came out yelling at us, what are you guys doing playing on the tracks? And we got calls that kids are playing on the tracks. We're not kids. We're like, you know – We're all older guys here, man. What the hell? And they kind of figured it out, and we're like, okay, well, technically, I guess where we were was railroad property, and they told us we had to leave, so.
2: I guess you are really, I guess you are trespassing, I guess, to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. you You never see a sign at railroad crossings that says it's illegal to do
1: this or that. Apparently, it's illegal just to walk down the railroad track too that's I mean, yeah, so it's a yep, uh, yes, it is,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't remember, man, as a kid, oh oh gosh, when I was a young kid, I lived in Sacramento, California, when I was a young kid, and we used to I had parents that I could be gone for a week, and they wouldn't even know I was missing, you know <laughs> they had their own day de- they had their own demons, you know, but uh uh. But us kids, I, I can't tell you uh, how many times we did it. We There was a train switching yard about a half mile from our house, and we knew which track went up to Folsom Lake, and there's a switching yard up there. And we used to tr- jump the cars as kids, and we'd ride them from there to Folsom Lake and fish all day. Dude. and then we'd catch a train coming back <laughs> that is so awesome man that's we did that for old years. school we rail riding for, we did that for years and and we only got caught one time and wow. well yeah. we didn't it was just one kid that got, missed the train you know and he got caught and so we got busted <laughs> shit,
1: that's like that's like old school american storybook shit right there eh?
2: I it was fun man it was a blast you know <laughs>
1: That's awesome, dude. Oh. My dog's going nuts about something. Sorry,
0: guys.
2: But yeah, that that was a crazy childhood.
0: You have two Long story that, short, stay off the tracks, guys, for legal yeah, reasons. Off tracks. the tracks. Don't and acquire your them. spikes legitimately.
2: That's right. What is it? railroadspike.com or whatever. I think that's where
0: I for
1: or something like that. <laughs> hey there's a shout out maybe to speak become a sponsor <laughs> i had no idea that there was a, a legitimate place to actually go and buy railroad spikes like i see guys oh, yeah, selling yeah, them yeah. on the uh, marketplace oh, or whatever, yeah there's lots of spots yeah spikes.com or something like that's where i get them i get them like
2: a, i buy like a hundred at a time and they're 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 barely a dollar a
1: piece You know, so i like to go brand to uh walmart and buy machetes, and I'll forge those into railroad spikes. There you go. (laughs) It's like making a coffee table into a pallet.
3: (laughs)
2: Yeah, I do that too.
0: (laughs) This is causing me physical pain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey Nick, you know know that hammer you sent me? It's a railroad spike now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I'd just be truck, impressed.
1: I, I, yeah, oh man, I would be impressed too. <laughs> yeah. You making hammers you guys, at you all? Guys, you guys need to come down for sofa. You guys ought to come down for sofa. Oh, I would love to, man. I would absolutely love to. It looks like such an amazing event, dude. I, you guys are lucky down there, man. Like, not nothing against our Canadian groups up here in Canada. There's some awesome stuff. I know Saskatchewan uh, Blacksmithing Association just had an amazing event out at Tyler Dye's place. Manitoba Blacksmith Guild is having an event out at Sean Van Bessler's this weekend. There's guys doing stuff. Can Iron was this summer in Ontario. That was a super awesome event from what I heard. I wanted to be there, but I didn't get to go. Yeah, Nick, you were there, so you can tell us how awesome it was.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was really amazing. Uh, it was my first ever, like, blacksmithing conference of any variety. Like, I haven't been to anything when there's been more than, like, you know, five of us just kicking around. So uh, it was really cool to kind of, you know, meet people, attach, <clears throat> you know, faces and personalities to names that I know from online. You know, stuff like that.
2: Well,
3: tell us and more about hey, Stolfite,
2: yeah. Stolfite, you, you, guys, you, you guys had a... Do it, man. What you'd love is just, man, you can just, there's places like you go around and everyone sets up their forging areas, like some real famous guys, you know, Ed Brazil and and Rob Ho. all these guys, Mark Ling. Mark Ling always sets up a really beautiful forging area. And then, man, usually sometimes till midnight, there's 20, 30 people down there making, man. I mean, it's awesome. fun and awesome. this year when i set my trailer up with the all the presses on it and everything we set up a coal forge right in front of it and it's funny i had never all these years i messed with metal i have never messed with coal in my life oh really so, oh. yeah i never had and i'm like wow i'm almost almost it's so nostalgic i wish i'd had the room in my shop for it you know i'd like to do a little coal here my neighbors would probably love it but,
3: you know, <laughs> kind of like that, yeah. That's one of the
2: problems with it. Kind of like the little giant power hammer I'm gonna have in about three weeks. They're gonna really love that. What kind
1: of little but, uh, giant did you pick up?
2: Uh, 25 pound. Nice. I'm I really man, I, I, gosh, I, I can't believe the deal. The guy wanted to press real bad. He goes, I, I can't use my power hammer because my neighbors. I really want to get a press, and I just said, "Well, you know, where are you at?" And he tells me, and I'm like, "Oh, you're eight nine hours from me. That's no big deal." I said, "I can bring you a press, and if you can load the power hammer." And he's like, "Really? you do that?" And so he sends me a video and everything. I'm like, "Oh my God, this thing's worth a whole lot more than a press." I'm gonna, I'm gonna, take, I'm gonna take him a whole bunch of dies, you know, just give him the whole genre of everything we do you know i might even take them before just such a nice power hammer that's awesome that's awesome yeah 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 i've been really wanting the little giant you know really badly i made a i've got a power hammer out there that i just made it works pretty good but i've never made one before you know so it's got its little idiosyncrasies about it so i need to change a couple things to make it work properly and but I was surprised when I first flipped the switch, they weren't
1: darn good, you know? <laughs> but anyway, so... What style did you make? Is it a, like a tire hammer? I or? made like the
2: Frankenhammer, the yeah. uh, hammer with like the spring on the
0: top, you know? Yeah, yeah a, a guided health. Yeah.
1: That's cool, yeah. man. It's
2: yeah.
0: Cool. I love I love contraptions, and boy, that's a contraption. <laughs> they know? certainly are kind of contraption-y, aren't they? Josh Goss has got one of those... Man. Uh, Josh Cost has one and he called, he named it Sancho Pounza. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it's, it's, it is the, I mean, he's a good fabricator, so it's not nearly as janky as some of the ones I've seen, but that is another hammer that's got its eccentricities. It's a oh, lot different. A- like, I've got a, a self contained air hammer, like a commercially built one. With, uh, yeah. That's a Hindler. And, uh, like I love it, but it, there is a certain charm to the home built hammers and a little giants actually I had a twenty five pound
3: you
0: said you had like an onion, yeah, it's kind of like an <laughs> an it's uh it's a bit different there's uh the mechanism inside of it is a bit different, but like when it comes to they actually doing the work on it, it's a lot like the an yangs is-
2: whole iron and sofa they have they that. just yeah. They have her- they released they well they were just showing it people getting used it all a self contained air hammer and well, it looks just like an anyang. I was gonna say it way. looks like a nangyang, <laughs> but uh, but it's the all the mechanism is just right on it and everything. Of course, I guess you could say the same thing about an anyang. I don't know, but yeah. uh, but the air, you don't have to have a separate air compressor or anything like that. Yeah, yeah right. that's the nice thing about it. And they, yeah. they, uh, um, it the timing was way off on it though. When with the foot pedal, it was just people could do stuff once they figured it out. But they they still got to they got to tweak the timing. And you know, when I put my foot on a some on a on a treadle or something, like, when I put my foot on something, I want. I want it to start working, you know, I don't want to sit there and wait, you know, you don't want to count to 10 before it starts doing stuff. you know. Hmm. Yeah. That's pretty unusual. Still, it was very, it was really hard to soft blow with, you know, because you just couldn't get the timing right, but they'll get it worked out. I think they were going to actually give one to, to give one to Andrew Larson in Kentucky to just play with because that that kid, he's, you know, he's, he's like only like 18, 19, but my God, that kid, he's crazy what he can do with power energy, you know. But, uh, uh, he's part of the, the, uh, the, he he the young, young with. chain gang. We need to work on this more, but, uh, but it's beautiful. I tell you what, man, everybody's all over me with my presses. Can you put one in control boxes on? Can you come up with one of them control boxes that coal Arms, in? I, I don't, don't want, want to do that. that. I'm a mechanical
0: guy, man. I don't want to put a bunch of electric stuff on it. I drive. Yeah, start car. getting into I digital, digital controls and stuff.
2: stuff. Huh?
0: Starting to get into like digital controls and stuff. No, thank you. Well, you
2: also, in my business, you get into a lot. Of, unfortunately, you get into a lot of liability there. And man, when one of those things messes up, bad things could happen. You know, you got stuff high-pressure hydraulics, and you got a switch that doesn't want to open up a circuit or something like that. Ooh, you know I mean? That could be some, some bad stuff, you know? Nothing like hot oil and hot forges going at the
0: same time. Yep. That's, uh, <laughs> no bueno.
3: Right.
0: It's scary. That's kind of the rule at workshops, eh? It's like everything in here is trying to kill you, and it will hurt the whole time. Yep. Yes, it will.
2: It will. You, you like I, I i should send y'all get your, your address after the thing i'll send you some stuff but everyone's always asking me can you send me a sticker can you send me a sticker you know i have a sticker that's on my presses it says it says danger keep your nose pickers out of here you know
1: yeah <laughs> nice. that's a good one <laughs> I'm working on uh sticker. i'm working on my own sticker right now myself actually i've been i got some printed and uh I've been using them for electro etching and uh, I'm pretty happy with what I've got going there. And I think I'll just stick with that as a, a super simple sticker for now. But I'm also trying to develop one that Um, are you, are you familiar with like 1980s ski apparel? Mm, with, with the no. neon colors and stuff like that? No.
0: Oh, vaguely. One second, one second, I'll show you.
2: Oh, yeah,
3: I
0: was wearing uh, my
2: chartreuse go. bibs. No, uh.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like there was some really garish stuff going on in the late 80s and early 90s. Lots of neon. Oh, man, I'm
1: eating pizza.
0: pizza. <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> oh, Lando running around like a madman.
1: Let's see how it says burden at the top there. I want to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks very early 90s. I don't want that to say blacksmith and then put abstract above it. Oh. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Sure. It's, a, it's very you, to- Lando. It is very you. Exa- I
2: exactly. I always wanted to learn to snowboard, but at my age now, yeah,
1: things don't heal as fast. I wouldn't recommend. Yeah, I'm this way this too crippled. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. There's no. that. There's you being crippled. That's for sure. Yeah. I. <laughs>
0: I've only got one ankle, so. Uh, yeah, not so much with the snowboarding.
2: Mm-hmm. I've seen. I can't remember the. Gosh, I can't remember this famous hammer maker's name, but he's a big dude, cool dude. He was flying around a sofa all around the area on one of them big one wheel skateboards, you know, the
0: great big one. Yeah,
2: everywhere. And I'm thinking, oh, I would kill myself on that.
0: Yeah, know. there's I'll- a guy who had one of those at Rust Junkie here and uh, in the summertime, and he was flying around on it. I was like, yeah, no, I.
2: Oh, we were yes, down we in front of Vanderbilt haven't. University. Oh, I spent a couple months ago doing some uh, volunteer work, and we was down in front of Vanderbilt University. My wife and I were standing there, and these guys were running around. there. here comes this guy on one of them big old fat wheel, one wheel skateboards or whatever you want to call it. He was going so fast, he was passing the cars. Yeah, I mean he was flying. Oh, that's my, and my just brother my brother I, I said, man, that guy is flying. He face planted. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> in the intersection we 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 were like oh no is he dead because he hit hard no and <laughs> he kidding. was a big
3: old guy too
2: <laughs> oh it thundered in hard but huh? well, he just crawled to the curb but he, well he didn't have to crawl far because he barely missed it if he'd have laid his head on that curb he'd have been dead look at us
1: laughing at someone's misfortune Jeez,
0: eh Jaden oh. Freud. <laughs>
1: What I was
2: proud about was all the people that came to his aid, and the guy that he went around real fast. Right when he plant face planted, you know, he shot around this little white car. He had to slam on his brakes, to keep from running over him. You know, instead of getting upset, he he pulled his car sideways, turned splashers on, stopped traffic, so no one would run over him. You know, and but everyone well, was kind very of very kind. Aid, of but but man, I'm like, did he die? Because
1: he hit hard. <laughs> Yeah, those one wheels are Uh, scary, man. And the electronic scooters, too. I seen a girl freaking cruising by on one of those the other day. And from what I can tell, like, I don't like to be judgmental like this. I apologize. But just looking at her, I was like, if you fall, you are are so effed. (laughs) Like, there's... (laughs)
2: Ouch. Yeah, the little little tiny wheel electric scooters. all you've got to do is turn them just a little bit. I mean, you're down. You had a bit I, of a pothole pot or at something. something about, like had twenty inch wheels, at least you got a little forgiveness if you make sudden moves. But you don't do that on one of them electric scooters. Oh my god!
0: And here, uh, right. not for me. Time here for I, that I, kind I, of craziness hurts, in my life it hurts is over. Me to think about it.
1: You know, here I am talking about the dangers of a of a one wheel or a scooter when I. Used to hawk myself off of huge stair sets on my snowboard. Jeez. I don't know. Yeah.
2: I don't know when I was a kid, you know, like I said, we used to ride those trains up to the Folsom Dam up at Folsom Lake and we'd fish in the American River below it. But there's a big bridge that goes across there. And I don't know how I'd have to look up online. I'm just curious how high off the off the Water it was, but I've jumped off that bridge. <laughs>
3: Boy, <Attaboy. laughs> oh, the follies of our youth! It was stupid.
1: How good was that I'm flashback? How how good was I'm that flashback? Just now, Clark, okay, going back to your childhood.
2: Oh, how oh, I'm not dead!
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. So let's uh, yeah. let's talk about. Let's talk about the presses some more. I mean, I was, okay. I wanted to get, uh, you, you were getting me really pumped up because you were talking about power hammers and I know uh, I just saw a friend of ours picked up a hundred kilogram Bechet and I was, oh, Broad River Forge, eh? Did you see he sold, he oh, sold, yeah. got rid of his hundred pound uh, Canadian giant and swapped it for a hundred kilogram Beche?
0: Dude. That's oh. a big upgrade. And I don't remember which ones are the Bechets.
3: It's a That mechanical or it's, yeah,
0: it's self-contained. A, it's a lot like the Sahilner.
1: Se- okay, and then well, when f- I got oh Francis Racine, I think is his name. He's selling his hundred-pound. It's not a little giant. It's something else. Sixty-five hundred bucks Canadian, dude. Damn. I'm like ready to sell my truck. Wow, <laughs>
2: what is that
3: American?
1: What is that US? Probably about oh, uh, probably about 000. twenty-five bucks. About what? <laughs> Well, it's seventy three. Oh. I think it's seventy three cents to the dollar oh. right now. Yeah, wow. so. take off twenty five percent, pretty much. Right, take a Canadian vacation. Oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> at the, I I mean, wintertime. The only thing you're gonna come up here for is a good ski trip or something. But summertime, no, there I is like some fish. beautiful stuff fish. up here. Oh, dude, come up to Manitoba. I'll take you fishing. We got some awesome fishing it. here. But the presses, sorry. Okay. Yeah. So you're making presses in all sorts of sizes. Where did that start for you, dude? Why did you start making presses?
2: Well, it's funny. I was a, I was a mason, mainly a stone mason for mostly 50 years. And uh, I've made hydraulic stone Gas-powered hydraulic stone splitters, oh. and we're talking like thousand-ton stuff. Right? You know, you're breaking big rocks. Rocks as large as pickup beds.
1: Awesome.
2: And uh, and so, and I I, used, I would make and sell those, but that's a big sale. Sometimes it would take a year to build one. You know, wow. those are big sales. So you know, it's not like everyone was knocking your door down for them. But it was nice to have. I mainly made the first one for me because I, I was tired of shaping rocks. I could break them on this little portable I made and it sold for like $25,000. You know, I could make them on this little portable and people said, oh, I'd like you could you could sell those. So I started making them and selling them. But like I said, it's a hard sell. Uh, it's a lot of money. Um, but then when I got into blacksmithing, of course, Everyone, myself included, you know, fell in love with the whole forged and fire thing, you know. And it just kind of, I'm like, those guys are idiots. I can do that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. and so uh, it, then I saw the presses and I thought, hmm, I can make one of those. I, I know I can make one of them. And then it's so funny. So I was thinking about it, contemplating it. I had a guy that was in ornamental ironwork. And he goes, "You do a lot of forging and stuff." I said, "Well, I wouldn't say a lot, but I do forging stuff." So I need. He goes, "I need like three hundred and something feet of a, this custom handrail forge. Let me bring you a piece." Okay, I looked at it and I said, "Hmm." I said, "You, you mind if I heat it, heat the metal, and and like dike, forge it? You know, like with a with a press?" He goes, "As long as it looks like this." I said, "Well, let me mix, put something together." And I so I put this press together, and I made this great big long three burner forge, and I could run these rails in it, and I could heat them just white hot, and then slide them out under the press and press it, and just keep sliding them. I was doing them like ten foot at a time. Oh! And the first one, geez. the first one, I sent him. He, he goes, I sh- "Is this going to be okay?" He looked at this. He goes, "I'm sure it will be. This is awesome, you know." And so I'm like, "Okay." And so he got the okay from things, and so I went up doing it. Well, it comes back to me and says, you know, I just want to buy your whole sit-up because I could be making these caps for the rest of my life. Oh, wow. We come to terms, and I've made pretty good money on it. I made real good money making those rails, you know. And I got thinking, well, Clark, why aren't you making hydraulic presses? So I revisited that again and thought about it. And I'm like, I did. I did. I'll I'll be honest. I saw the old color in 12-ton and I looked at it and I'm like, you know, there's a lot of things I could do different on this that would make it better, especially stronger. Mm, yeah. The first one I came out with was a 17-ton, sold like hotcakes. I mean, and then all of a sudden, you know, people, then COVID hit, you know, and all this stuff. And then I couldn't get the cylinders.
1: Great. Right, I remember that. You know, yeah. I,
2: yeah, and then I just couldn't get cylinders, so I was having the hardest time keeping up with seventeen orders. So I could get a bigger cylinder, and I thought, well, it got me one and did some testing, and well, I could wind up with a twenty-five ton tabletop. Hmm. That was the stellar market, uh, man. Everyone's like, and I could, I could build and sell and ship a twenty-five ton in the you know the lower forty-eight, or basically just a few hundred dollars more than what the competitor was asking for their 12 ton model. You
1: right. Know? Right.
2: And so it took off. I mean, and since then now I am creeping up on number 400.
1: Wow. Wow! Good for that you. That is a dude. lot of presses. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's we amazing. were averaging,
2: we were averaging two to four a week there. Oh, wait, wait, what do you mean? We? That's
1: two weeks. Uh, is it, who else is working with you?
2: Well, my uh, I, I had to I finally had to hire a guy. I couldn't keep up.
1: Man, I, I bet, I bet. I did I not a know you
2: were guy out there. Thank God, he's he's a better welder than me, and he's a young kid and and loves his job, and he awesome. gets paid handsomely. And uh, good um, for you. And he gets paid very handsomely. But what I love about this guy is he'll he's always running stuff across me. Why don't we do something this way? Why don't we do something <sighs> that way? And he comes up with some great ideas. Don't let that guy go, man. Well, no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I am I told him, I, his name is Brenton. And I'm like, Brenton, this is my dream. Okay, bud. I said, I'm, you know, six. This time I was 66. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do this all my life. I said, maybe my mind will be able to do it. I said, but my goal is for you to eventually take this thing over
1: what a lucky out. dude
2: and so oh, that's I'm awesome i'm teaching him now i'm teaching him more of the blacksmith and end of it so he'll understand what the press is supposed to do and all that stuff the
1: purpose of it but, yeah
2: I mean, he loves it but uh now we we're fixing to come out with something really unique and i hope to debut it in about a month in texas but uh i'm cool. uh, doing a uh uh, did y'all see the press I built for Jay Nelson?
1: No, sorry, I'm not sure.
2: Okay, it's a 25-ton, but it's on a roll-around table. Uh, about a... I can't remember what the dimensions was. I think it was 24-by-36-inch table. But it's on roll-around wheels. Everything was underneath. Built-in foot treadle. It was 25-ton tabletop, basically, on that. But what I'm going to build is... Something similar to that. But it's also going to have incorporated and running off all the same hydraulics. It's going to have a hydraulic rolling mill. Nice. Yes.
1: And oh. it's going to have a hydraulic twister. Dude, I don't... I, oh, that's finally, awesome! Finally! Finally! Why hasn't this been made yet? Honestly, right? Like, dude. It's... Yeah, well, I'll be...
2: I'm going to call it the Blade Boss. Fuck it's yeah, buddy. Gonna, you know, it's like an all-in-one station. It's like me doing these cancer Damascus today. One of them that turned out beautiful. I'm thinking, God, if I just had the rolling mill going, I'd be like, whoop, whoop. You know yeah, I mean? I'm like, man, I need a blade. Totally. You know, I'd be, I, you know, um, uh, I can't remember what the name of that steel is, but they make the, you know, what? Uh, we got on earlier about railroad spikes, but you know, you, you, have you ever heated and bent and straightened a railroad track clip?
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay.
2: Many That's times like sixty eight m one something or other steel oh that yeah. steel is designed it has to flex like five million times before it will
0: crack whoa, yeah, it's got a a really high vanadium content in it it's super super tough stuff
2: but there's no there's no better katana steel in the world if you could just draw it out. It's a beast, hmm. but with a hot roll with a hot. Forge and a rolling mill. Oh, man. You can make a yeah. ton of lengths and minutes out of those things. Oh, I've, been, I've been pining after a
0: rolling mill for a long time.
2: Well, what we're going to do, we're going to have, it'll have a foot treadle that you, you know, push down for it to go in and push up for it to come back out. So you'll be able to control the forward and backwards with the with hydraulics. Yeah. And then you'll have a little handle that you touch to bring the pressure down because it, the, the roller mill in itself is going to be about a 10. Kind of I mean, the roller mill will have, it'll, it's going to be, it's pretty incredible and how beautiful, the whole beauty of the whole thing and the whole contained package. It's probably going to be under 15 K when it's done.
1: Wow, dude, you are going to blow the market up with that thing, man. That is I awesome. So. Yeah. That's I think awesome. it's going to be great.
2: I had aspirations of making this big old different type forty ton press on the unit and stuff, and I was just thinking the other day, yeah. It's like the twenty five is plenty, and so for, yeah. for blades, yeah. You know, this is a rolling mill. This is set up for making blades mainly. So right? will the pressure? So there's no need for a forty ton press for making blades, unless you know you, you're not making twenty pound
1: sledgehammers. Right. Yeah. Well, the. Will the pressure down on the rolling mill be controlled hydraulically too, or will it be a screw? Yes, yeah, hey. Oh, no screws! Wow, that'd be cool. And it'll have it'll have
2: it'll have adjustable stops where you can stop your rolling mills at the mm-hmm. desired
1: thicknesses. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, so, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And the the
2: what I'm looking at to use for the rollers, I'm playing I'm playing with <coughs> the, the
1: prototyping.
2: I've been prototyping to save money with like mild steel and stuff, but I'm going to use H thirteen probably four inch rollers. Nice. So, you know, the larger the roller the more the more uh it's not like larger tires on a four wheel drive. You get better traction. Hmm. You know, and that's what you want with a rolling mill. So uh yeah. And this ought to be perfect if you're you know, if you say you're gonna debut this podcast in three weeks or so, that ought to be about right.
1: Yeah, I'll 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 hold either. off on that on releasing it till i have right, not, not i'll be honest with you i have not told the people in texas i'm planning on doing this <laughs> all right <laughs> all right well we'll try to line it up perfectly yeah. for that then man. we'll keep in touch no, so no, that yes, we drop it you know, on the right time
2: the texas uh texas knife show in in uh, conroe
1: texas so it'll be a three-in-one machine how how are you going to select between the, the three options of a twister, roller, and the press?
2: Well, they'll, they'll all be, they're all in line. Well, of course, the the twister is attached to basically the rolling recommend mechanism of the press. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's all, they're all hooked up in series. They'll all be hooked up in series, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, on the same hydraulics. So it's just a matter of just... Stepping off of one and getting on the other.
1: Okay, yeah, because you know, I've had this idea before. You could probably run them both
2: the, You could probably run the roller and the press at the same time.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So I had this idea before of building the H-frame press. Like I, mm-hmm. I started building a very large H-frame press. About, uh, it had a three-foot bed on it. Is what I was aiming oh, for. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, do you have? Have you seen Vivian Beer? Look up Vivian Beer on Instagram. Her press is 12 foot wide, I think, dude. It is
2: huge, Oh, dude. yeah, she's doing ornamental
1: blacksmithing, right? Yeah, it's some c- crazy,
2: scu- huge sculpture. And had some guys, I've had some guys request that I'm telling them I'd have to rejig for it or just custom make it. But I've had guys request for like two foot wide area in the press itself. Yeah? Because they like pressing, making cooking utensils
1: yeah yeah and pots and oh pans, yeah like that was what you're talking about armor that's what my no, idea was that. yeah was to be able to do that yeah. kind of stuff um and, and then yeah. my my so then what i wanted to do was if i'm gonna have a press that big that's not gonna work very well for doing small stuff like blades or whatever so if i build an uh c frame off the side of the h frame using the same structure just build a c frame off of one side of the i-beam I can have it all running off the same hydraulic unit and just have a ball valve between the two to swap from one to the other. Well, either that, or they could all be
2: on the same line. I've kicked around the idea of, see on an H frame, I have a big piece of beam that slides up and down between beams. Yep. That's what I did. mine like. Basically on one end of it, you could have it stick out further. And that could be your C. Oh my God, Clark
1: dude you need to build that that's awesome yeah. you just have
2: to have you have to have a well it has to be built like my 40 ton press where it has a, a, a where it's a rigid beam you don't have a center pivot like a a, a yeah a clevis style totally a clevis yeah. style press has a center pivot that's the only reason i keep my working area on all my h frames 10 inches yeah because you have these bozos that want to press way off to one the side, side like, hey, and twist pivot, you know, mm-hmm. you're jacking the press, you know? Yep. Yeah. I could make it stronger where you could do that, but then it would cost you a thousand bucks to ship the thing. It'd be so heavy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you put but, in guide rods or something, right. But I am actually, I, I, I have come out. In fact, it's going to be on the, on the blade boss. I've come out way to rigidize that whole slide on the 25 and i'm actually gonna sell that as a kit where people who have bought the 25s can actually put it on theirs. oh yeah like an out on oh, cool. that's a good that's idea fucking yeah crazy. where they yeah. can where it'll take the rock out of it that's awesome you dude. Know, even with the center pivot press now it's not enough to take out to do like a c press on the side i would never do that but uh but yeah that other thing I've i've kicked that idea around so many times about having the C on the side, which would be, which would be pretty darn cool. I might, oh, I wish I could, uh, I, I could probably do it. Hey, now you got my brain going. I could probably do it. <laughs> on the, I could probably do it on the blade boss. I would just change. Uh, I would just basically use a, a cross, a welded cross tube cylinder on the, on the, uh, on the 25 ton instead of the center pivot. Levis style. Uh I could do that. It would just it would make it bigger and heavier and everything, but in reality that's probably what it should be anyways. Hmm. So uh, I might kick that idea around. That's a kinda neat idea to think about.
1: Someone's not gonna sleep uh, tonight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually that's what people always ask me all the time, when do you sleep? I don't know. <laughs> right before right before a podcast yeah. recording I hey no I'm, I'm one of these guys i literally <laughs> no yeah went for a podcast i literally i'm one of these guys i literally keep a notepad close by yeah. right on man yeah, i think right. the smartest I guy I, I, write that
1: down. I forget it the smartest guy mm-hmm. i ever met in my life he had a notepad in his pocket 24 7 dude
2: you know, I'm very fortunate. My my father, my biological father, was such. He was such an intelligent man. He's dead now, but you know, he 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 had some quite some feats. He he had the first uh, funny car, drag car that hit 200 mile an hour. No way! You know, he he had one of the first drag boats that hit 200 mile an hour. Wow! You know, we were that's how I was grew up fabricating. Yeah, this we is where
1: it comes this, from.
2: You know, one year he got this wild hair. Let's make a Baja race buggy. You know, we wound up making a couple of them. Well, they both finished in the Baja One Thousand. It's like, oh God! Then we were just so slammed with making Baja buggies. You know, that's just, amazing. Uh, but just stuck like that, and then I, I got into the, the racing for Suzuki, doing, uh, motocross, and then the. uh, they come out with a quad racer and I got one of the first one of those in the United States given to me by Suzuki. As long as I would race it a couple of times a year. Well, immediately my dad tore that thing down and just made it so much better than the factory. model. <laughs> we, we could race side by side with a hundred others from the factory and I would lap them, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but you know, but, but then my second child came along and I had a real bad wreck, and my wife is like, it's time. This. We did. <laughs> you yeah. got told, huh? I got told. Yeah, but that's all right. Life will do that. And speaking to you. about that, you know, one thing is funny, I guess I'm unusual. I'll be this October, in fact, October 31st, you know, I'll be married 48 years.
0: Wow. That's hard a hard
2: believe,
1: huh? Hard to believe, huh? October got married on october thirty first hey yes, sir okay Halloween
0: wedding tell us tell us you guys dress up in costumes yeah. what
2: the- no we did not oh don't we actually don't we don't we
0: don't do the whole
2: Halloween thing. it was funny and most of our friends don't either, so we just got married. it was a Friday night. We just figured it was a great time to get everybody out of the house because they didn't want to mess with the Halloweeners. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, not giving no candy. God to a wedding.
1: <laughs> but yeah,
0: but yeah,
2: forty eight years. God to a wonderful, great girl. Awesome girl.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, good for everybody. Congratulations. Crazy. Congratulations on that, my friend. Yeah,
2: yeah. And she's. It's funny, you know. And even it's funny when I married her. Her her dad hated my guts, you know. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like the favorite son-in-law. You know, I'm the one that's stayed married to his daughter. He's got three other daughters, you know. I don't know. And uh I'm the only one that works, and so that works hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> four four daughters. Jeez. Yeah. That must that's, have been quite the household. I had two daughters,
2: but he, yeah, I had, I had we had two daughters. And I, I, that's the way to go, man. I tell you, man. My daughters love me. Yeah. I love them. They're just they're I got one's knocking on fifty and She still calls me all the time and stuff, you know. It's great, you know. They were crazy kids. I couldn't, I still to this day can't leave my phone laying around. I'm not there because they'll figure out my passcode and put all
1: sorts of crazy stuff on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) My kid Uh, hasn't gotten to that point yet, but it's coming for sure. She's a trickster. I know it, man. Oh, you got a daughter. That's awesome, man. Daughters are spoiled, yeah. Oh well, we
2: spoil her. They so. make you laugh. They break your heart. They'll make you laugh. She has. Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's like my daughter posted something yesterday on Facebook that just made me bawl. You know, it's just. Funny. But anyways, it's just it's great. I I mean I'm I'm happy with my life. I love what I do. My my commute's fifty foot out the back door. That's you know, sweet. Yeah. You know that's I'm gonna, sweet. A big, I'm not, I'm not chasing. That's the dream, right there. Uh, you know, I don't feel like a little homeless beggar. You know, when I'm laying doing stone jobs for people and I'm begging for money. You know, can I get a draw? I need some money. Can I get this much? You know, all stuff. You know, it's just all the time now. I control all that. People want to buy a press, they pay me. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> and they'll get it. They'll get their press in less than a month. You know, but right now, I mean, I've been shipped. I'm like almost
0: in two or three days after the order. You that's an amazing turnaround We were on something like a press.
2: We got really slow, and so we kind of got caught up. It, I, I guess, I don't know. Did y'all have the real hot summer that we had? Our our summer was brutal. This summer? And that's the only thing I could remember. All I could figure is the, the blacksmiths were too just wiped out to be in their shops because it was already too hot. Yeah, there was
1: certain periods that some were definitely... Like nobody
2: like, was yeah. buying nothing. No.
1: Well, the, the, there's the whole recession thing going on, too, the, right now that... Uh, uh, that showed,
2: be... yeah, that eh? showed at
1: Quad State. That showed at Quad State. Wait, Minnesota. what
2: makes you say that, that it showed? Because yeah. last year, I pulled up there on a Friday, and by the Saturday before lunch... I was already sold out. I mean, and I had just as much then as I had this time. And this time I came home with four twenty-five ton presses. Oh, wow.
3: Mm. Yeah. Uh,
2: but, uh, but what the funny thing was at the same time, I had one customer that uh, bless his heart. That's a Southern saying for, you're, you're a DA, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, bless your heart. He posted, and he's got a huge following, probably bigger than me. He posted some, gosh, almost like an attack video about me and my presses and all this stuff, I and mean, right during sofa, uh, over a
1: stupid uh, electrical part that I right. had control over. the switch, right?
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: I remember that. I'm like,
2: what is this?
1: Yeah. You know,
2: and. And then, but the funny thing was, he put the, the the first video he posted. I think of some of my followers, I think one of them just told him, You better pull your skirt down, buddy. You're stupid, showing, you know. That's kind of what he, <laughs> one of my guys told him, you know, one of my customers, because you know, <laughs> he, he, knew, he knew nothing about electronics. And, uh, 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 yeah, and, and it showed. And I even on that rant, I had put it on there. I said, Dude. You don't need to fix this yourself. Hire an electrician. Send me the bill. you will get it fixed. Hmm. We don't need this stuff. But he was like attacking my character, saying that I wasn't helping at all and stuff. And I'm like, what do you mean I wasn't helping at all? You were blowing my phone up. You know? I mean, my God, you know? But anyways, it. but, but the funny thing was, I think it helped Seth. By the time I got home, those four presses on the trailer were sold. I hadn't sold four presses in one day in months.
0: No such thing as bad publicity, I guess.
1: I know. Well, <laughs> I'm like, thank you, dude. I mean, you were able I'm to like, you. you were able to back your word up. It, it was obvious through. I, I, I like I saw some of the debacle go down, and it was like, oh my god, way to make Clark look like he knows what he's doing. You got idiot. <laughs> like, you just shooting yeah, yourself in what... the foot. <laughs>
2: but at the same time i'm thinking
1: you know it's like um
2: you know everyone knows brian house you know yeah yeah brian i called brian i said did you see i said did you see mags rant he goes yeah he's like he didn't have to do that right he said i he goes i and it was neat, you know he brian's like i he says i contacted him told him i'd help him fix it hmm. just ranting on you know and and but in, uh, in
1: your favor, like I said, man, in the long run, it just proves to people you know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It was beneficial to you long run.
2: Yeah. I mean, we got, like I said, nearly 400 presses out there. And this one was made over a year ago. Believe it. Yeah, over The presses I made over a year ago that are being versus the ones being made now, there's vast improvements. They continue to improve. I don't stick with the design just because it's easy to make. Mm-hmm. I continue to improve the design. If we make a a, can make an improvement, you know. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I know some of the little mechanical problems he had. We fixed every one of those. They've been fixed.
1: This is making me think of. uh...
2: Sorry, I've had people that have come here. You know, I've talked that bought some of my earlier models, and compared to what I make now, they work fine. But I call them junk compared to what I'm making now. And I just call. I'll text them up and say, "Hey, dude, if you want to make a trip to Tennessee, bring your bring your press frame with you, and we'll swap out all the parts. We'll but we'll give you a brand new press frame, free charge. Happy to do that. I've had two people take me up on that.
1: Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't.
2: You know, you're only as. My philosophy, my father's philosophy is "You're only as good as your worst job." So we, the the less of those older presses I have out there, the better.
0: You know. Oh yeah, man! Like I'm the same way. I've got the uh, uh, I don't care what went wrong with it. If something went wrong, send it back to me, and I'll fix it or make it right. Because if nothing else, well, it just shows me
2: pound So it's
0: kind of hard to send it back. So what yeah, thankfully the is, stuff I make tends to be a little smaller. Most of it fits.
2: I, I drop I, I, if if they need a part, Amazon will have it at their door next day or maybe a couple of days later. But they'll have a part they're waiting on. No, I mean they will have a part. And so unless, you know, unless you're in Canada, Amazon's weird in Canada. But anyways, <laughs> at least, I've well, shipped two presents to Canada and it was not a good experience. Okay. I'll, t- I'll tell you because what. Don't I even bother. Custom charges. I got hit with extra custom
1: charges. Yep. You know? yeah. That's not even my problem. It's so supposed you know, to be the
2: pickup mm, problem. Now.
1: What what you're going to mm-hmm. do is if you're dealing with anything, I mean anything regarding knife making in Canada. You're going to go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.ca and you're going to go and take a look at his vast, I mean vast array of blacksmithing and knife making tools, supplies, sanding belts. You can get heat treating ovens. Use the code kiln at checkout to save yourself a hundred bucks on Paragon or even heat kilns. He's got the 2x72 from Broadbreck. Buy yourself a 10 pack of belts for the price of nine. Dude, can this guy's pressing the limits when it comes to yeah Yeah. and and I don't have you you, do you use linseed oil at all yeah check out the Twiller linseed oil my man dude I I cannot stop pushing this guy enough and I know we're going back to back on the ad reads you guys I'm sorry but Dawson out of Saskatchewan does the best food safe linseed oil dude food grade Double boiled. He does a, uh, a wax where he ma- matches the wax to the oil, with like beeswax and oil. He has one where he adds a little bit of carna- carnauba that's the lin shield. This guy's doing awesome products. We can save you guys 10% if you use the code ForgeChat10 at checkout on or orders $50 or more. That's at com. Cool.
0: And those were some very smooth ad transitions, my friend. There we go. That was yeah. good. Yeah. That's what they paid me. So me for. Rot right in there. <laughs> it it took this it
2: took this idiot a minute or two to figure out what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, okay. Oh, so that usually, usually so clunky, or we commercial. forget them. There's He's, a really commercial. commercial. Hey, hey, hey! Heads up to Broadback. I love Brian not and his uh, Gen Four Two by Seventy Two is my workhorse in our the press making thing, but. When I really want finesse, when I'm doing a, some sweet knives and axe stuff, I'm on my broadback. Awesome. Yeah, I love my broadback grinder.
1: That's super awesome. Yeah. Uh, I was just at my uh, my friend uh, Johan's place, Johan Penner, and he's got himself a housemade package. I think it's a Gen 3, not a Gen 4, that he's been uh, working on, and he's getting me to... Help him out with making some new tooling arms for for his uh, contact wheels. I'm learning this stuff, you guys. I don't have the two by seventy two finished yet. I know I've been working on for like what, like three how years do you not have now? that done yet?
2: I, I mean, my god, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, shut it's... up! <laughs> I don't need yeah. to. Hear oh that. my so,
0: god, uh, the two by seventy two. I know it's like it's got to be a priority. It should. It's one of those must haves. Oh
1: yeah, I got the six by right. Like it man.
0: is okay. But even then, the 48-inch, you're going to have way more heat build-up.
1: Yes, yes. And your belts are going to wear
0: out faster.
1: Well,
2: yeah. I don't know. So, i tell you what, I wouldn't mind. I'd love to have one of them, like, 2 by 85s so where the one that real long was reading the 2 by 101s Yeah, the but she said.
1: belts really last a lot <sighs> longer. told you I wasn't going to do
2: that. Yeah. Story. Yeah. Um, I'll show you if I can find the... Screenshot.
1: I've I've okay, so back in back in the day, I shouldn't be saying that. I'm not that old to be saying that. It was like ten, ten ten years ago, there was an Acklands that was closing its doors down the street from me, and I got whiff of it closing doors, and they were selling everything for 70% off. And then on the last day they had everything for ninety percent off. I went in there and I bought a shit ton of stuff at the end of the guy gives me the oh. wink, he's like You know, everything that's left over is getting thrown in the trash, eh? What? Later that night, I did some dumpster diving, dude. Holy shit, did I pick. I got some belts that are. Gotta love dumpster diving. Four by 120. Ooh, big belts. And I got two boxes of them, dude. Twenty of them per box. It's like, well, what am I going to do with these? Do I build a? Do I build the machine for them to work on? And then eventually end up having to buy these belts because I mean that's pretty sweet. But I don't know. <laughs> I got like I got I have like I think it's
2: six or seven boxes of hundred and twenty inch trizacs. Yeah, and and I'm like I've just and I got them for like free and. I'm I am and I I'm where Brenton and I were planning to gut the shop and move all the grinders to their own little independent little room and stuff and I'm going to I'm going to build a grinder just for those hundred dollars.
1: <laughs> you know? yeah man uh, why not okay yeah. and then I when you're I- going, when you're done with all the belts that you got for free you're gonna start buying them <laughs> it depends I mean, how well it works, I guess. It'd be
2: it'd be a long time before I go through that many tricks because the main thing I'd be using them for is like for like getting hair popping sharp edges on blades.
3: Ooh,
1: <laughs> right. Know. The Trizecs are the ones that are They're like the micron you know, belts, right? Yeah.
2: I'm not yeah. the
1: I'm not the polished knife
2: kind of guy. It's like I mean I make some pretty beautiful chef knives, but uh, that are gorgeous, but I tell you what, I can I can sell twenty rough bushcraft blades where I can never sell one really nice chef knife, you know. Hmm. And, and why do can you can forge that bush? I can forge that bushcraft knife in an hour, where I can spend thirty on the chef. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: it's like, why do you think, you think that know? is? What, what what's the story there? Well, cost
2: for one thing, I guess. But everybody's, I think more. I do have one chef that I that I make knives for one professional chef. And that's basically the brunt of my chef's sales because he'll he'll send me a picture. He says, I saw this, Clark. Can you make it for me? Hmm. Something like this. I'd like this. I love this style. And then if I make it for him, oh, I got another buddy that's your chef. He'd like that knife too, you know, and things like that. So I said, well, yeah, if you got, if you're not in a big hurry, you know, because I'm so busy making presses, it's hard for me to make a knife. But when I make a knife, I'm in my zone. I just axes. I just, I love, God, I love doing that stuff, you know, yeah. versus forging. I mean, versus making presses. I love making presses, you know.
0: But, yeah. Yeah. that's it, forging and fabbing are two different things. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, the yeah, chef's yeah. knife market, it's not surprising. Like that's one of those ones where you need ins. Mm. It's a very, it could be a bit clicky,
1: I could see you know yeah, that definitely. makes sense. Yeah.
0: Right. There's a lot of like, you know, I will only buy knives from this guy sort of like attitude in yeah. the well, chef. I tell you
2: how, how I met this guy, the chef. Um we were doing our my wife and I were doing our volunteer work. We were down in the Gulch in Nashville, standing on the corner and this guy walks by and I could tell he had a knife pouch, he had a roll. A knife roll. I said, Man, dude, let me see your blades. Every chef's proud of their blades, <laughs> oh, yeah. and my wife's like, Well, my husband makes blades. He goes, Really? And I'm like, Yeah, and I showed him some pictures and I gave him one of my cards. and He's like, Well, I might contact you, you know. So, uh, he, he he gave me one of his, and I made this real cool nickery, uh, Japanese style knife. And and uh, um, I sent him a picture of it, and he goes, Oh man, what do you want for that? You know, I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I'm looking at my time and, um, uh, I said to you, you know, 600 bucks, something like that. And he's like, oh man, yeah. Let me come look at it. You know? And he's like, oh God, this thing just, fits perfect, you know? So, and it was, a, it started, you know, from there, you know, so, and then a lot of times now he'll buy, he'll, he'll order like, can I get like, you know, make like five of these and he says, I know they, they're no, they won't be fingerprints and so know they all won't be exactly the same. Cause I told him that I'm not a fingerprint knife maker. Yeah, I said, they're going to be different. You know, um, you know, it's like the old drop it on the floor and now you have a shorter knife. But, you know, <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but, uh, 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 but he's like, he, he goes, I would like five of these because I'm going to resell them. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll figure out a resell
0: price for you. But just stuff like that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: You're talking about grinders, though, man. I, I, I used to have, and, but Viking. Oh gosh, fucking Blake Supply in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. He came down and got a press, and then he got a forge, and he saw my hollow grinder, and I wish I'd never showed it to him because I missed that thing. He wanted it so bad. A hollow grinder? I, sold it to him. I just haven't made Is it like a dual wheel
0: hollow grinder? Yeah, oh, I'll
3: yeah. show you a
2: picture if you can see it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But uh 14 inch i've got i just got in two 14 inch wheels yesterday i'm gonna make another one but i can literally take any knife as long as it's straight and in less than three minutes i can have perfect hollow grinds on it
0: wow yeah when you got a machine set up to do it it makes all the difference because hollow grinding by hand Art. I'm,
2: I'm adding a, a water mister to the one I'm buying a building now. So all right on faster, you know, cause you want your knives won't heat up and be easier on the blade. Are you going to do some
0: razors? Huh? Are you going to do some razors?
2: Uh, no. <laughs>
0: oh yeah. <laughs> and so I had on. to ask. I had to ask. I know that the razors are, are definitely a way more tricky thing to do than a knife. <laughs> You know,
2: every time I see some people's folders and stuff that they make, I just shake my head and I say, I'm not into sadomasochism, you know. (laughs) For me, I'm ADHD. I don't have the patience.
0: Oh, man.
2: I don't have the patience. I see this fit and finish, and I'm like, oh, my God.
1: Dude, did you see? Uh, you remember I'll never him? achieve this level. <laughs> I can't remember. Was it for... I think it was for Can-Iron. The competition we did for Can-Iron. James Asfeth did a Damascus folding razor. Like a straight razor. Straight razor, yeah. yeah. Do you remember that? No. It was
0: pretty intense, dude. And it- yeah, making a razor is not... As simple as it no. appears, they are. They have very, very tight tolerances for geometry for them to work properly. Mm-hmm. When right? it and you're dealing the, with really super thin edges.
1: When it comes to that hollow grind, like hollow grinder though. Yeah, I could.
0: I mean,
2: I could. I could pull those wheels far apart. It had like a turnbuckle on top that would bring them close together, bring them apart. And I would take them when I was like doing the first. I do. I like a hollow grind on an axe head. I would take that thing and put it about a half inch apart. Then I'd bring that axe head up in there, and I'd make a hollow grind way down into the body of the axe. Uh-huh. And then I'd bring it together, and then I'd hollow grind the point in. Oh, and so you had this yeah. profile that looks like this.
0: Just you talking sexy. about that would
2: split kindling? Yeah. I mean, you just t- split wood the way that profile was. Totally. Yeah. And I really miss that.
1: That's, we call that, that food that, release in the in the kitchen knife industry. Mm-hmm, yeah, in case yeah. you didn't know. I, I know that because I make kitchen knives, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Lando's a bladesmith.
1: Yeah, that's what you said. Lando. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lando a blade, man. Lando has
0: sold one knife. He is now a bladesmith.
1: <laughs> All right. That's awesome. Um, when you're doing the hollow grinds, how do you control which... You have to be super careful keeping that blade nice and center in that in those wheels. How do you control that? Well, on mine, um,
2: I had a switch on each motor I could do if I was doing fast grinds, I would turn the motors, both wheels would be turned in the same direction like this. No that way you could just, you could when you put it in there, you could either grind on top and or grind on top or grind on bottom and wouldn't pitch the knife. Um, oh that's and, and that's that smart. in itself when it's grinding like that it kinda has an automatic centering huh. thing. Where when they're both doing this, as you're grinding, it's always trying to push it away so it's not you have to really be mindful on that blade to keep it centered. I used why to, I, asked. I used to put this I put a big clamp on it on the knife if I want to be perfect. If I'm just yeah. doing centers, I don't pay no mind to it. But but yeah, I'll put a big clamp on
0: it, and I can tell in my hand if I've got it, and did it that way. But, yeah, because the big clamp gives you a lot more read on the angles and everything. Right it's on. a scary
2: beast. Yeah, I mean, it's a scary beast. It's intimidating when you see it.
0: It uh,
2: makes bro, me want bro. to play you're with one. Thinking, <laughs> you're thinking, man, you're fixing to become a eunuch or something. You know, if you make a false step, you're going to be missing your manhood or something. But, mm-hmm. but ah, I don't you know, need that anymore anyways. <laughs> you know, so... At my age, that don't work anymore. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, um, but yeah, it's really intimidating. But I I used to have a video of my grandson. He was only like eight years old, and he's over there on that thing, putting a grind on it. Thing, no way! That, you know? That's awesome, you know, dude. You know? Yeah, I so, you. you know, it's like that's pretty cool. You know, making his mom a knife. You know, just playing around. But yeah, I miss that thing. I got, like I said, I just got two brand new fourteen-inch wheels in yesterday. So I'm like, yeah, it's time to gut the shop. I gotta, I gotta totally redo my, revamp my shop so I can get my forge back because it's coming close to the fall, you know, winter, and this is when I like to do my little knife schools and all that stuff, and when it's cooler and, you know, it's not miserable hot out there. You do, yeah, boxes. you're not melting in the forge. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Plus my Everything in my shop is a total disaster right now. Uh, I, I I would venture to say that nine out of ten shops are total disasters. You know, you see these pristine, perfect forges. I'm thinking I can't even see my
1: floor. I'm like, my God. You know, <laughs> I think I, it, it comes down to the person. I think a lot of people can manage working in that environment, and then there's just certain individuals that can't. They have anxiety issues towards that or whatever, right? And that's kind of the the category I fall into. Every once in a while I'll I'll slip a little bit and my shop will get to a point where I and this is essentially where I've been at for the last little while is I fell into a little bit of a a slump. You could say, uh I don't know, I don't want to call it depression, but many would definitely call it that. But just having a hard time finding the motivation to work on anything specific certain certain projects that I know need to get done that I'm not putting the time towards and kind of having hollow stares at stuff when I go into the shop and not really being very productive and um, then when I do decide to do something I decide to do something off the wall and it ends up being a complete failure and then I Slump even further down because I'm like, why am I even wasting my time doing this? There's stuff that I need to get done, and I'm not doing it. I just buck up and get done what you need to get done, dude. And sometimes it's just it's it's tough to do that. And I think for me, one of the thing one of the reasons I have a tough time doing that sometimes is I get that that messy shop, and it pulls my focus away from what I what I want to be, what I need to focus on. Yeah. And that's where I was at, and I said, you know what? You need to clean your shop up, dude. That's what's going on here. You have too much going on and it's clouding your vision. Get rid of all of this. These little things. Like, I've got a bunch of uh, treadmill motors and controllers that I was holding on to because I was like, I could use those for 2x72s, right? Fuck.
0: What are
1: sorry? Excuse my language.
2: What are you? Oh, that's, no worries. <laughs> throw that. Get hey, rid of that hey, stuff. Man,
1: I'm right there with
2: you, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm
0: like Lando. Months. You haven't even built the one two by seventy two yet. You haven't got the plans. Why well,
2: have the plans for all the other ones? I'm, I'm a hoarder <sighs> deluxe. I never throw anything away. That's my problem. You know, it's like, oh, I could use that for something. Yeah. That's, yep. But, yeah, yeah, blacksmiths
0: not, are like that.
2: And I'm ADHD. Uh, I'm seriously ADHD. On top of that, so I'm like wanting to try to clean my shop, and it's like, hey, a squirrel, you know? It's just, you know, it's like, oh, man. you know, it's it's crazy. I get distracted. You know, seems I, to I be can uh... put my coffee cup down, and five minutes later, I can't find it. You know, it's like seems to be a
1: common thing amongst us, eh?
2: Yes, it is. I think, but yeah, then I see these guys posting videos and they're pristine shops i'm like oh
0: my god i can't even see my floor yeah rigoni Ironworks like when you watch right? his yeah. his shop is always pristine and i'm just like yeah nothing that i have will ever look like that my shop is always a disaster and i mean i've got a dirt floor as well in Only my actual my shop dreams. yeah and uh it's just, like, there's iron dust and grinding dust everywhere. I have a like, dirt floor, too,
2: but it's on four inches of concrete.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, man. It, you're oh. making me think of uh, John Paraloo, too, at uh, Chapella. Oh, iron John. Re- yeah. Love John. Have you had him on here? No, I want, I need to one of these days because he's a gem, man, and I, me and him get along great, man. We're always back and forth with each other, so... And, and I see what him all he the does. Time. I didn't
2: to... see him at sofa.
1: Yeah, because he has uh, he's got a, his own thing going on, like right now. Yeah, like, I think
2: this weekend
1: he's got a makers thing down there. This With weekend. Mark Osprey.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, he's going to be there. Man, yeah. I'd love to go down there.
1: Great, I'd be.
2: He's, a... he's like eight hours. In fact, he's only about. Um, I may go down and see him when I go down and pick up the the uh, uh, little giant because I'm. One thing is funny, you know—it's funny. You're a blacksmith; you do this and that and everything, but you still have like hobbies.
3: Mm.
2: And I, man, I love big bore air guns. I'm nuts over them. I'm, it's almost so oh, cool. Addiction level, it. yeah. I have a fifty. Ca- I have one of my guns is a fifty caliber air gun. And How it, the hell does that work Jesus. up of it's air, dude?
0: It's high pressures. Pull it. Yeah, but like, and what does so it have, like a John massive Perlow,
2: tank? John parallel has got all these hogs down there that he's trying to thin out. I'm like, I'm only going to be like 15 minutes away from him when I pick up this little giant. I said, man, I think I might go down there for like three days, spend a couple of days at John's and kill some hogs. Maybe.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So, yeah, okay, like, oh, yeah. what does it have, like a giant air tank on it? it well, it's not giant. It's just small tanks. They're very com- They're compressed
2: and so, like, the same thing as, like, a um, paintball my 50 gun? Cal, my 50 Cal is a small tank. I can't remember what the CC's is on it, but it's, you compress it to, like, 4,000 PSI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, same thing so as, as like a, a paintball gun, scuba. then. I have, like, like a scuba tank compressor that I yeah. fill them uh, the fireman's carbon fiber tanks up with. You know, I fill that up to 4,500, and then I can fill the gun with those tanks several times. Yeah. I like to do it that way. And I also have like a little portable air compressor. I can hook the battery on my truck and it'll air one up. But I have a fifty cal. When you, you're, it depends on the size of the bullet. If you're shooting like a three hundred and fifty grain bullet or something like that, a pellet or slug they call them, um, you get about four to five lethal shots out of it because it's just blowing air every time you shoot it. Right. Then you got to recharge it um uh what they do a lot of people when you're sighting it in like i do you tether the gun which means you basically hook it to your great big tank to the gun and while you're sighting it in you know so you don't have to keep filling your tank yeah Um, but when you're hunting you just fill it up because you're only going to shoot four or five times anyways or unless you're in a, a, a high target environment you carry a tank with you <laughs> yeah, target rich
1: yeah. environment yep yeah target rich environment you uh, might only shoot four or five times somebody like me is gonna need to shoot a little bit more than that
0: <laughs> don't be hot until you know you could hit something man but, but I yeah. a, no I, I know that's the rules i have a 25 sure. caliber
2: one that you could kill hogs with all day long okay. but then it shoots a little 40 grain slug and it'll in one one charge with it it'll shoot
0: like 40 lethal shots 50 oh, caliber cool. is like armor busting i wonder how it? those are ref- i wonder how those are regulated in canada uh you know i think
2: you're okay i think you're actually okay in canada there they've gotten super popular in australia and britain and things because of their gun laws and things they're real strict gun laws and yeah. the thing i don't like about the industry that some companies have come up out with you know, they started with some semi-automatic versions, and now they have some fully automatic versions. And I'm like, yeah, we don't need this. you know. Yeah, it's going to end up, up getting regulated. going to wind up getting us regulated. Yep. You know, you need to stop this stuff, you know. But uh, but what's cool is like I have, like here in Franklin, I don't know how many uh, Franklin police I have shooting big boy air guns now. Because I'm down here by the road where all the bicyclers are cycling by and stuff, sighting them in. And I've got this 357 you know, air gun out there. It looks like a big AR. And it's got like a 24 inch suppressor on it and all this stuff. And and they're calling the cops on me. And the cops are coming out saying, son, you know, you can't shoot a firearm in the city limits. I'm like, this ain't a firearm. And they're like, bull crap, you know. And well, come over here and shoot it. You know, look at it. And next thing you know, I got a cop on my bench shooting my gun going, this is the coolest thing in the world. Where did you get this? You know, and I'm getting phone calls. What was that company you got your gun at? You know, and I got half the police force in Franklin shooting the darn things, you know. That's awesome. You know, literally, the guy literally called other cops and they come to check it out while he was there. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, you know, it was funny as heck. You know, we had a little convention, you know, but but. I would sit up out. I mean, within twenty foot of the road, out there sighting the gun in just just to feed the bicyclers driving
1: by. Has it got <laughs> a, a pretty loud pop to it when it goes off?
2: Oh well, it, some do. The fifty cal is definitely not backyard friendly. It is loud. Okay. But I just got a. I have a an adapter on the way where I can actually use my large suppressor on it, which will will cut the decibels in more more than half. Nice, wow. So, now, my 25, eh, that little thing's like a mouse fart. I mean, that thing is so yeah, quiet. It's got a little,
0: mouse fart.
2: It's got a little uh, suppressor on it, and it, it's just as quiet as can be. Awesome, It's like dude. I, can, I can, there'd be two squirrels in the tree, I can shoot one, of them, and then it's like, hey, what happened to Charlie, you know? You know, it's like, what happened? <laughs> he fell out of the tree. <laughs>
1: so, can <laughs> somebody go to Cabela? They go supersonic? Together? Huh? Go ahead. You first, Lando. Button. can you get them at cabela's
2: cabela's does carry them but i don't know if they carry big boars okay oh you just you can go to and they'll ship to canada you can uh in fact there are some canadian there i think there's a canadian manufacturer um but there's a the big company is uh Airgun pro shop or uh utah air guns utah Airguns is the best they're great customer service and they'll, they'll ship to you, they're cool, sack man. I mean, um, but you just can't. Uh, when I got into it, I just like this is crazy, man. I was like, uh, these things are just they're uh, they're more than amazing, you know. You're like, um, how do I not ever know about these things? Well, like, I'm, i
1: I'm, I, I like my bows, but you've got me interested.
2: Oh I, I I'm a big bow hunter. I mean I I'm I'm a like an instinctive shooter when it comes
1: to bows, but uh
0: but the
2: big boy air guns are a blast. What were you going to ask him?
0: Like or... I, I was going to ask if uh you knew what kind of like muzzle speed and energy you're getting out of them.
2: Oh oh on my 50 cal with uh with the 350 I'm getting about 877. It it, it drops. That's so nothing it, to laugh at. But it's 700, well, on the 350, it's over 400 foot-pounds of energy.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, and uh, it will, the 500, and it'll blow through, you know, like the, uh, here, the military test, or is it the military or the law enforcement test? I think it's the military. It's funny that, you know, how sophisticated the United States military is. Their their, uh, lethal weapon test is a three-quarter inch piece of plywood. You know, and if it'll penetrate a three-quarter inch piece of plywood,
0: it is deemed lethal. Yeah, so, it's really not actually a bad analog.
2: Yeah, my uh, my 50 cal at 50 yards will shoot through 10 3 three-quarter inch pieces
1: of plywood. Damn! <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's serious. <laughs> I mean, what do you need a 50 cal for? What's what would anyone ever actually use a 50 caliber for? Putting bigger put holes in things. I want to put a
2: deer down. I want him to stay down.
1: Well, I mean, you could can, can take down a fucking
2: moot. Uh, I have some moots. friends who are going, yeah. uh, that are elk hunting right now, Elks. as we speak, you know, with their 50 cows. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, elk. Uh, um, yeah, because last year I lost a huge buck with my three fifty-seven. I mean, I no dropped way. Him in his tracks at 50 yards. I dropped him in his tracks at 50 yards, and I think I just grazed his spine and knocked him down. Uh, but I thought he was dead. He wasn't flopping or nothing. And, uh when I walked over, I waited till dark to see if another one come out. I walked over to, you know, just get, you know, clean, you know, field dress him. And as soon as I touched him, he jumps up and runs
0: off. <laughs> that must have been a heck of a surprise.
2: Yeah, and it's a huge buck too, man. i mean, a huge sucker. And uh, I'm like, you know, I hope he's all right. I didn't see no blood, even where he was laying or nothing. So all I can figure is I knocked him out. But I learned my lesson. You know, you shoot him and they hit the ground. Put one more in him.
1: Well, yeah, really air, air guns
2: are a little different from your supersonic rifles they don't lead the be- the best blood trails things oh. like that you know shot placement is critical now with 50 cal 525 grain if shoot them in the front shoulder blade they ain't going nowhere because it will go through the shoulder blade and probably lodge in the other one yeah and go
0: through all those vitals on the way Great. and uh yeah, yeah, Orlando, that's the point to have, to have in the 50 when you're dealing with lower velocities. You need higher uh, yeah,
2: right. uh, mass
0: projectiles to get the energy that you need.
2: This is my cool 357. This is a, I don't know, some people don't see the beauty of guns, but that's a, that's a real pretty gun right there.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that neat. Looks that looks a little bit like the. Um, what was it called? The Lufjak space gun. Yeah. It was a, a trap shotgun that the, was produced back in the mid century. But the same kind yeah. of like sort of very long and thin sort of uh look to it. That's really neat. Yeah. But I tell you what, it's fun. But yeah, um
2: I, we we used to we live in a subdivision. Now it's funny about a mile from where we used to live, two miles. We used to live right down the road on like a 980 acre farm. And, uh, we, I still, you know, help on that farm and, uh, and I still, I've hunted that farm. I'm the only person that has really seriously hunted that farm for the last 30 years, you know? Um, and it's just, it's just covered up with big deer, you know? I mean, it's a really good lucky piece of land right in the middle of the city limits. It's oh wow! Crazy, you know? Right on. And in, in this area, where that the fathers of this uh, city are not going to be satisfied until it's all asphalt. You know they they want I don't know they want mm. they want they're doing all they can to make farmers give up and stuff.
1: Kind of a weird uh, weird thing. I've noticed that same thing that uh, farming is it's not a very st- not not a lot of people want to do it anymore and if you do want to do it it's hard to do a lot of regulations well, going around it. And-,
2: and you're also owned you're owned by the big corporations if you're a farmer basically because it's like the man that's farming that leases the ground and cultivates it now it's like i asked him i said why don't you not um it's funny I, you guys are gonna like what's this guy not do? you know I mean, I've kept like bees all my life. I've always messed with honeybees, and uh um my grandfather had bees, and I've been interested ever since you know, but uh um used to when twenty years ago, if they had you had a big field of soybeans, you couldn't put enough honeybees on it to to cover the honey crop i mean they would just fill up they would make honey like crazy as and you know it's really good tasting honey and stuff and but the new gmo type beans now bees will starve on them they don't make no nectar at all yeah and uh, it's just it's crazy and i asked the farmer one day i said Uh, Would would you ever consider going back to, like, non-GMO beans and all that kind of stuff? And he tells me, he says, uh, we would love to. We wouldn't have to spray all the insecticides. We wouldn't have to spray all the herbicides and do all the stuff and everything. And uh, if we could go back to those, and, and we'd probably get a better crop in better quality crops. And I'm like, well, why in the world don't you do it? He goes, we couldn't get crop insurance if we did. Yep. And so, and that's why you see him drilling and spraying and all this stuff. Because the people that sell the spray and the seeds and all that stuff and the herbicides, they own the crop insurance. Whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa we're getting there there it's it is conspiracy, conspiracy theory, theory stuff come on now come on now <laughs> we don't, it don't touch there, it. It, it. okay Well, it don't get Lando is.
0: started it is what it, <laughs> no that, hey if he's they don't speaking follow
1: truth a
2: specific schedule of spraying they lose their crop insurance yep yep because i see them spray the ground they'll spray it in the spring when the uh, there's a there's a little flower called uh, um, hinton it these fl- the fields are like just purple it's beautiful the bees just love it. I mean, it's fantastic forage for bees. And they're not going to plant anything for a couple months, but they're in there spraying it, killing it. And I asked them, I said, why are you killing that? They said, it's our spray schedule. We got to stick to it or we can't get our insurance. Jesus, Got to love it. Yeah. That's the yeah.
1: world we live in. Man. People are-
2: kids aren't dying from peanut allergies they're dying from spray that's on peanut
1: it's becoming yeah, this is becoming a very it's horrible i want to say well known fact at this point that this is exactly what's happening and I know we're we're touching on stuff that might be a little on the political side I apologize people we're <clears throat> we're we're getting getting off the tracks here we usually uh, i am waving everything. wildly being like lando
3: stop yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah nick knows not to let me get going on this because this goes this just spreads into every other whatever let's blacksmithing blacksmithing oh blacksmithing so, yes so, <laughs> so um, far is awesome you're gonna be going what's the one in texas called uh
2: Texas. it's just called the texas knife show
1: texas knife show okay yeah, Did you were you um, at Blade?
2: I was there last year. Was I at Blade? I I was walking around at Blade. Okay. Yeah, I had a good time there. That was awesome. What's? You, you, I don't. I don't. I might do Blade next year if I can get a table. But man, the the big spots, those things are booked like four years in a row. in, in oh really? Oh wow. They book those things are booked way in advance because I was asking the guys at the booth what I need to do to rent one of these shows. <laughs> and the guy literally looked at me and says, You might be too old by the time you can. Oh, wow. You oh, man. Because I mean? they just stay booked. But Blade is, oh my gosh, that is crazy.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, the custom knife industry had such a big boom with the whole Forge and Fire thing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't just, you know, <laughs> so did blacksmith Anvil sales. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, we we, as, you know, insiders, experienced. You know, the the big spike in the price of a lot of things, but also all this new information that's out there for us as blacksmiths. But for the general population, it just gave them a whole bunch more knowledge and interest about custom blades. So that mm-hmm. industry had a big upswell. And, you know, it's... Uh, well, as soon as people saw that... It was a little bit know, of one of those high tides, raise all ships sort of
2: well, thing. I think, I, think, I think COVID helped too. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. were stuck at home. Mm-hmm. They picked up hobbies they that they didn't were know. Trying to find, they they said, well, I've always wanted to try this, to do this. And now yep. I have time, you know, I'm working from home and my my job hasn't figured out how to work that out yet, but I've got this extra time now, you know, and they got into making stuff. And I think that's what happened to a lot of the workforce, a lot of the good workforce. You know, they discovered that, hey, I can make. I can do better just staying home, you know, and and making stuff or doing my, starting my own business, and and that's what a lot of people. When I talk to people, especially customers that call me about wanting to press, I said, "Well, how long have you been? Oh, I I just kind of started the last couple of years, and you know, COVID made me want to do something different, you know, and I'm like wow, you know, this exactly I get that a lot, you know, um." The great but, reset, uh, uh, yeah. I think I think that was in a way it was good for you. it, was good for me. It made me concentrate, otherwise, I'd have probably still been stuck there. And if it hadn't been for COVID, I would have been trying to develop this business and still trying to lay rock, you know, lay stone. Um, but the problem I was having with stone work was my customers were getting sick and I couldn't go to the jobs, mm. things like that. So I finally just said, I'm gonna do this. Um, I, I was very blessed because the last job paid quite well and it was enough seed money to, and I already had my tools and stuff, with the seed money to make this work. And then, you know, basically you start out with a 50% deposit on one, you make one, you make, you send it and you get your rest of your money and you go from there a little bit, yeah. it keeps going, you know, that works. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Got to keep that momentum yeah. going. Let the buy let the business finance you know finance itself. Are we ready for commercial? <laughs> no
0: no I was just to keep <laughs> Lando from jumping in. Uh you you make forges too. Yep. Why don't you tell us a little bit about those? Like what style of forge is it?
2: I I just make uh, my own personal spin on a ribbon burner forge. I used to make a lot of atmospheric forges and I was real they were really great. Uh, but the main thing I was wanting to offer people was something that would save them a lot
0: of money and just fuel savings alone. Yeah. Uh, the ribbon burners, you can run them on such lower pressures.
2: You really can. And there's, there are people out there that argue because you're blowing in the face that pressure doesn't mean your PSI low PSI doesn't mean less fuel, but uh, I'm no. Nah, to me, I've found that to be just the opposite. It works. The lower the PSI, you can run one. Basically, I always tell people, okay, turn the lights off and uh, look at, turn the PSI down. Look at the dragon's breath on your forge. Now turn the PSI up and look at the dragon's breath on your forge. You know, dragon's breath is unspent fuel outside the forge. Mm-hmm. You are, you're heating the outside and not heating the inside.
1: And you're not so, burning your fuel fully you either. Know. I always tell yep. people, and I teach them how to
2: adjust, how to adjust their forge. That I tell them the best way to adjust the forge is once you get it up and running, turn the lights off, mm-hmm. and then adjust it till you pull all the dragon's breath inside the forge. Yep. I said totally. then you're heating the great, you're heating the inside of your forge, and not the outside of the forge. And when yep. you do that, you're
0: going to burn less fuel. And that is way easier to tune on a ribbon burner than it is on an atmosphere.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, uh, I don't even know how you tune in it. an atmosphere. I just came across across the way. I make my my jets for my burner that just have the certain size holes and so many of them that let air in, and it just, I just kind of accidentally fell onto that. Uh, combination that worked quite well and they were very efficient they but they still burned a lot of fuel yeah the frosty. like
1: the I, frosty, I had the frosty yeah, i had the Gam- is,
0: sorry fuck <laughs> 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 we keep doing this talk over each other thing lando yeah i had gamico burners and they had um a threaded plate on top that you could use to close down the yeah, air opening there, it had a little bell housing right and so it really depends on the variety of burner you have how adjustable they are
2: and it also depends a lot on even your elevation. Yeah. Because if you're way, it's funny, if you're way up in the mountains somewhere, you need a pipe on your burners super long.
0: Yep. Just because the is oxygen's high. so much lower.
2: And then it, then if you like at the beach, you get a little old bitty pipe, you know, <laughs> and it, they work the same, and it's all pressure.
1: Oh, you, man, yeah. when you're down at the beach, I got a little itty-bitty pipe for you, man.
2: Oh, my God. He's going Lando
0: to can it. it. <laughs> 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 like, even he's shaking his head. Clark's just like, what have I gotten myself into? Bad Lando. Uh,
2: <laughs> bad. <laughs> bad Lando. No, no, yeah. I'm- no soup for you no <laughs> soup for you
0: yeah <laughs> yeah no, the the elevation you're at and the air density does make a big difference when you're looking huge at difference
2: i i have an experience i don't know that with ribbon burner forges you know um, when i was in pennsylvania on my ribbon burner i was at a lot higher elevation up there in buckstonia at the bucks of gathering and they worked quite well I mean, there was uh, they had this great big, huge ribbon burner forge in the middle of the of the pavilion, but they were mainly using a lot of coal forges too. But they were all the hammer guys, and everybody was using that big forge to heat up their billets and all that stuff. And oh my goodness, that thing was a, ga- a gas hog. Oh hmm. Lord, it, it just. Uh, I just remember waking up one morning. I'm like, how many tanks shall burn last night? I think we burned like three, and these are 100 pound
1: tanks. Holy moly, jeez. <laughs> wow. Yeah, my 100 pound yeah. tank lasts me a, a long time on my ribbon
0: burner, man. And yeah, I've, I've got. Know, yeah. Oh, no. Mine will last you months. Yeah. right like, right. I've gotten a gigantic forge body, right? Like, the internal capacity of my forge is just like, huge, especially considering the size of some of the stuff that I do. But I've needed it for doing things like hold fasts uh but even with this just massive forge body i've got i still run like i can do two days of forge welding on a 40 pounder
2: yeah oh yeah yeah it's amazing i've got a i i just built one and uh i uh the, the cavity is 31 and a half inches long it's like eight inches wide and like six inches tall and i can heat that thing end to end the forge welding temperature on a round, a little three inch round ribbon burner. Nice. And, uh, oh. Yeah. That's kind of like the size of mine. It's crazy. You know, when you got it right, you know, yeah, you um, see these guys. Yeah, making, I, just, uh, I, just, I just, I just stumbled on these, uh, you might've saw the post. I, I'm going to start playing with these little inline blowers. Mm-hmm. That have like a, a remote control. Yeah. Like Brian. Hokes. And i uh, I'm, I'm, I think that's the way to go because my ribbons, they like, they don't have to have a lot of air volume, but they like air pressure.
0: Yep. Yeah. They like
2: speed. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. You know, they like air pressure. I did uh, my, for years I sold the little ribbon burner, had a little Intec mattress inflator motor on. it. Oh yeah. I mean, you got it at Walmart for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, I would sell the Forge, I'd give them the box and say at the, if the blower goes out, take it back to Walmart with the box. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, and uh, they would, and they would, you know. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, uh, and that thing worked fantastic, but it was just so annoyingly
1: loud. Right. Wow. I mean, yeah, those inline like fans are trying quiet. To,
2: trying to get onto something that's quiet. I need to and look into the this inline fan at, thing. Up at sofa, I was playing my. I was running my quiet ribbon burners with the quiet motors on them. And, I mean, very experienced people would come up and they were like, "That forge is running," you know. I mean, they were literally like, "That's so weird." It's like suppressed, <laughs> you know. It's, like, <laughs> it's just so quiet. So but you got the guys that are making with that tank at that time, and I, for some dumb reason, I couldn't get those up to forge welding temperature, and it was the tank that I took with me. Um because I've never had, I, I haven't changed that design in a long time. And those, those forges, if you ain't careful, that'd be 2,800, 3,000 degrees. If you're not careful. Yeah. In fact, I have a lot of customers that will call me and say, how do you, when you make a blade in these, it gets so hot. How do you keep your blades from decarbon so badly? I'm like, well, I just put a, Four inch or three inch by three inch tube in there, and I run, I heat my blades inside the tube. You know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's and one it's way extra. to do it. It works really good. You have, have hardly any decarb when you do that. Right. The scale is real low when you do that, too.
1: But, uh, so now
2: that's a jug.
1: I, I gotta wonder like, I made my ribbon burner from a piece of two inch solid round bar. Drilled nine, I think 516 tolls holes in it. Is what I used. Mm-hmm. I didn't follow a formula. Is, mm-hmm. is do you follow a formula when it comes to the ribbon burner?
2: Well, I think the the standard formula, and I think it's pretty smart. Was um, it's kind of the soda straw thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. you you whatever pipe you're using to feed your ribbon burner, you you see how many soda straws you can put in it. Ah, and, and then that's how many holes you should have in your burner. Interesting. Okay, so mine, I use a I use a one inch pipe on most of my ribbon burners.
0: Now oh. my ribbon
2: burners aren't typical. My ribbon burners, they are just uh, they're a two inch of quarter thick quarter wall tubing. That's all they are, and they have holes drilled in them. They're they're not a cast burner. Yeah, and I mean you're basically blowing out of a metal. Burner. Yeah, that's what I made um, mine like too. And they work fantastic. You know, people, when I first started doing that several years ago, people on, I call them the Forge Gods. The Forge Gods just say, that'll never work. Mm-hmm. It's going to melt. Those holes are going to scale over and it's not going to work properly. You know, five years later, some of them that are out there is just still working perfectly. I have people that use them at their big blacksmithing schools run them like crazy, no issues. And once again, it's just something I kind of happened upon. I said, well, I'm going to try this. Mm-hmm. You know? And I just happened, I took a, I took a, a ribbon burner I'd made for somebody up to Kentucky. And then back then, that was when I was making ones. And I saw this ribbon burner he had laying over in the corner of his shop. And, and I just saw that it was made of metal. And I said, how did that work? He goes, that was great. I'm like, really? That's crazy. At the time, I was running a huge forge, and it had a three-inch round, but it was a cast ribbon burner. And uh, one day I'm out there forging something, and I heard something go clunk. Well, my cast thing came off the end of my ribbon burner, fell inside my forge. But let's see, the way I'd made my forge, it was a plate that was drilled out. It, it had holes in it, and then I put the straws in it and cast it all around it, so it had a metal plate up there that had holes drilled in it. And it just kept on going, and I ran that thing for, like, another year or so.
0: And it worked <laughs> fine. But, happy you know, accident. I'm like, yeah. I'm well, like, I guess I didn't need the big block of cast. I'm like, That's awesome.
1: To,
2: why am I bothering to cast these things now if this works so good? What's
1: oh. Brian Hose, I hope you're listening to this, my man. Oh,
0: right. uh, I've got I've got a cast. Apollo Forge is
2: awesome. It is
1: awesome forge. You think he could make the change over to a solid steel burner and improve it that way, or I
2: think think he'd be happier with it. Use less fuel. Yeah. Um, because if you notice, anytime you have a cast burner and it's flush with the inside of your forge, you know it's flush. Where you can literally look up there and see the holes right there on the wall or the ceiling or whatever. When you notice when you're burning it, you have to run a lot of air. And the blue flames are inches away from the holes. They're way out in the they're way out in the burner, you know, they're burning out away from the burner. Okay. Um that's requiring more fuel and more air to push it like that. Okay. What I've just what I happened on was um with the If you cut out a cavity, say an inch and a half deep, the shape of your burner, and you sit your burner an inch Ah. and a half back in there, it creates a vortex area. And your fuel, when it gets out in that vortex area, seems to burn better. I did that by accident. Yeah, you better mix it. I didn't even... I'm I'm no freaking engineer. I know nothing. I have no science behind this. I just... It works for me sometimes reality and, uh, is uh, reality and, uh, it's real world testing it's yeah. not done on a computer but uh and it works it really works um, uh, i'm I'm a little different from Brian, where he has the narrow and tall forge i'm the kind of the wide and short forge mm hmm I think it's easier to heat a short cavity than it is a taller cavity. Hmm. Cuz when you have heat way up in the top of your cavity, your your heat has to radiate down. Yeah, right? you're going to have a gradient. And, that's, and, that's yeah. right. and 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 so so you're you're once again you're losing efficiency where where if you're heating if you don't you're not having to well it's just like having a tall ceiling in your house, you know, your heating bill is going to cost a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, um, But, uh yeah so, everyone's, everyone has their own thing, but I, I do like that freaking design. It's a beautiful. Floor. It is, yeah. And Brian, gosh, I, I wish I had half his smarts. On his, I wish his I could drive, run. right? I wish I could run computers like he could run. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought to myself, if I ever got to where I, Felt like I just needed to, uh, you know, if I if I wanted Clark Iron Forge to keep on going and Britain couldn't do it, and I wanted to sell it to somebody or something, I'd almost give it to Brian just because I know he would do a good job doing it. You know, because <laughs> you know, he's so awesome. You know, that
1: that's that's saying something right there, big time, man. Yeah,
2: yeah, he's an awesome guy. You know, he really is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I wish you went so far
2: down in Naples, Florida or whatever. I'd go visit him. That's a long ways down there. It's like driving to
0: Texas. Oh, try being from Winnipeg, eh? <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Eh? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah would... we're pretty spread out here in Canada. There's not much in between.
2: Oh, no. I mean, that's what I mean. Canada, that's bigger than the United States. It's oh, huge. F-
1: frick. If I want to go see this hoser in Ottawa, it's almost as far of a drive to go see him as it would be to go see Brian in Florida.
0: Oh, I believe that. Yeah, I definitely believe that. Yeah, and like I said, it's not like there's a whole bunch in between. Once you hit like northern Ontario, there's oh god,
1: nothing. It was like Three 8 eggs. hours 8 hours of nothing in Ontario. Yep.
3: Yeah. Rainy it's Rivers seven in seven there. Are. Yeah.
1: Rainy Rivers in there somewhere, but it's like yeah. <laughs> Rainy River. Yeah, basically till you yeah, hit it's, Thunder it's Bay, there's out. not much.
2: It's really spread out. So yep. So do y'all still have like the the Canadian Mounties? You, is that a well? I, I mean
0: the, the, the RCMP
1: stuff. is still a thing. Yeah, it is, but they don't wear Mountie suits anymore.
0: Yeah the 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 dress scarlets, the Surge red. Yeah, that's only for ceremonial.
2: Yeah.
3: Then,
0: oh, okay. then most of the time they're wandering around. They just look like cops. Oh, okay. There is occasionally cops riding
1: horses still in canada yeah uh, no, like we still, still have all that what's the doesn't big, make any sense um, to me but what's the big say
2: issue that they have to deal with in canada i mean what's their biggest issue they got to deal with the police i mean just, just have, like the same general do, like, cop
0: stuff drugs and crime drugs and like is, yeah, yeah it's the everything yeah, that happens in the united
1: states is just slowly moving up here that's all
0: Yeah, it tends to be smaller scales just because we've got a smaller population. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But a lot of the same sorts of issues. It's Essentially, it's like
1: Canada's just kind of behind schedule on those certain things compared to other
0: places. That's all. Yeah, when it comes to culture, we're like a watered-down U.S.
2: Oh. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I mean, like I said, I've only – I've actually really never been to Canada. But, uh, I know when I was a kid, one time I was flying out to see my mom and, um, and I had to, or my dad, I was going to land in Ontario, California. And, uh, I, I was just a little kid. I think it was like about five or six, something like that. I wind up in Canada.
1: <laughs> Instead of Ontario, California. <laughs> I
2: I think I wound up in Ontario, Canada. Wrong Ontario.
1: Wrong <laughs> Ontario. Yeah, but that's
2: like the only time I've ever been in Canada. <laughs> they didn't let me out the plane. Yeah,
0: <laughs> this hammer. Generally, and this it's top a lovely thing. place. Yeah. The weather blows. <laughs>
1: the weather can be really
0: nice There's in the summer, winter. dude. I've been sitting here this whole the night.
2: Winters, night. man. Oh my god, I would. Ah.
1: Oh, yeah, man. winter in Winnipeg is rough. To say the least, no. like a, a good month of minus forty is, yeah.
2: Well, I would definitely have a. a I'd have a hopped up snowmobile. I guarantee you that. Lots of little here.
1: Lots of little here. My brother-in-law's yeah, got lots. like
0: three of them. Yeah, I'm gonna have a delightful winter. They're gonna be hobbling around. I'm having surgery November 10th on my ankle. Oh God! No. And I'll be off my feet until uh the until about uh, January, so I'll be able to go walk around in the balmy January weather. Hmm. Yeah, go somewhere hot. Time to take a all inclusive vacation, bud. Oh yeah, because that's totally my bag. Yeah, I'm right. All- <laughs> got all this money to spend and I'll go somewhere warm. Right.
1: What a hot <laughs> summer day. Depends where you are, really, but I mean, in Kelowna area, they hit up, they peak in high forties, or Celsius. So that's like one ten. Really, one hundred
2: ten degrees in Canada? Oh yeah, Yeah, in the Okanagan Valley.
0: Even here in Ontario, it's not uncommon for us to get up into the mid, mid thirties, which is like, oh, that's that's normal in summer. Yeah, yeah, 90,
1: yeah. 90, 90 degrees Fahrenheit to 100 degrees Fahrenheit is super normal for southern Ontario, dude, in the summer.
2: Was it humid?
1: Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah.
2: I was it? Horribly humid. It's funny, Every time I see these shows on TV and they're in Canada, it's like, it's like every time they're talking, they're like trying to blow the flies out of their mouth. or something. Mm-hmm.
0: Like like, yeah, bugs are bad. I was saying that right uh, now. I'm still swatting freaking bugs and I'm inside my buddy's shop.
1: Unless yeah, you're in the Okanagan, like man. Okanagan's like a, like a kind of like a desert almost, but it's okay. also known as, it's also known as like Peach Valley in Canada. It's where lots of our fruit comes from.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's every, every place has it. It's like the United States has California's Central Valley there and all that stuff. Right. You San Joaquin Valley and all that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just yeah. double checked. Yeah. We usually, if you, in Fahrenheit, we do get up into the high nineties here. Pretty, frequently. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, I would have never guessed it'd get that hot up there. that that had to be miserable with the humidity.
0: It is. Yeah, Winnipeg, it's real
2: awful.
1: Winnipeg hits the high 30s or 90s in the summertime regularly too. Not as much as Ontario, but we do get it. And then... Yeah. It,
2: it's, At least you only have to put up with it a short while, I would imagine. It's not. You don't have the longest summers, I would imagine. No. You know no, what's
0: weird? But- we don't have so much spring and fall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our springs and falls tend to be oh, quite short. Bad. We get a long yeah. winter and a long summer. Yeah.
2: Well, here in Tennessee, they say we have like twelve seasons. So you know, it's, <laughs> it's funny if you ever see it. It's like you know you have you have fall summer or fall spring. You know then right. you have like second winter. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but this is it's kind of funny. There's like a list out there. It's just hilarious to read, but. <laughs> it's pretty accurate, <laughs> you know. um You know, it's like sometimes here. um I just remember this from when I was had a lot of bees. and I was keeping bees and stuff. I, you know, you're always watching temperatures in the winter time. Whenever it's warm enough to go check your hives, you can get at them without hurting them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, many times in the winter, and, and we've had days in the dead of January. They'd be 80 degrees. You know, just flute just. You know, it's like, man, I'm working the beach, you know, I gotta go work at the beach, you know, on a day like that, you know, oh. but to see what's going on. But, but yeah, and, but that was pretty regular. But we also used to have winters here, but we don't hardly have winters now. It gets cold, but we don't get the snow and stuff. But I can remember, I remember snow drifts on the farm, you know, mile down the road, you know, it's just weird that there might be something to climate change or whatever, but all I know is it's just different. What's what's no more conspiracy theories? No, no, we're gonna talk about that, yeah. I'm yeah, just saying not not silence, land, no silence. What? Uh-huh. You no, know, not saying the old GW, but it's just I'm just saying something's different.
0: You know? yeah. yeah. So, uh what's cold there? Like, what's your coldest sort of days?
2: Last year, we had what was called a quick freeze, and it killed a lot of plants and trees that you just normally would never die. We had a uh, One day we had 72 degrees and get this 72 hours later. It was five below.
0: Yeah. That sounds very Canadian. Yeah. I was going to say, it sounds like Winnipeg. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We We get that kind of stuff happen all the time.
3: Yeah,
2: The coldest it's ever been here since I've lived here. We've lived here a little 40 years. Um, the coldest it's ever been here, I think, was, I think we hit 11 below zero. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's still relatively. But that's very it's uncommon. It's like minus, if, I guess if minus. We into, if we 10. get into single digits, that's, that's still a little rare, you know. So, I mean, uh, our winters consist of just 15, you know, 10, 12, 15 green nights and, you know yeah so we might have a we we did cool. a one month one we had one month that i can remember it never got above freezing yeah brisk uh, let's call
3: guys, it brisk
0: you just wish you would have a year that you know again. <laughs> yeah i mean, like i like in springtime in canada it's like those kind of temperatures like ah t-shirt weather <laughs> isn't that funny yeah oh i think i think our winter's sort of uh Give us a strange perspective on what counts as warm and what counts as cold.
2: Yeah, i i wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to experience what Canadians consider cold.
0: Yeah, like the That's coldest cool. I've been out is about minus sixty, minus sixty five. Oh my goodness, gosh! I've been uh, I've been in like
2: I like to hunt, and I've been in northern climates where. It was 30 below, and I'm like, man, it's like your lips freeze off your face.
0: Oh, yeah, your eyelashes freeze all the time, your nose hairs freeze. Yeah, I mean, there's parts of the states though that'll certainly get that kind of weather, like Michigan and uh, up along the northern border. Oh, yeah,
2: uh, no, I always say that. Uh, I always say that, you know, Michigan, Min- I mean, Minnesota, Wisconsin. I used to always say, these, all these people that live up there, and I'm thinking, there was a time when that was probably only inhabited by Indians, and then travelers came there and checked the place out, and I'm thinking, they spent the winter there in northern Minnesota, and then the next year, they're like, I think we want to stay. I'm like, what is wrong with you?
0: <laughs> oh, like, it's a common Canadian thing for us to be like, why do we live here?
2: I oh, no. But yeah, who was the first? person? This is horrible. Says, this is a great place
1: to live. <laughs> you know. Well, um, what's the Ukrainian population like in the states? The who? <laughs> <laughs> the Ukrainian population in the United States.
2: Ukrainian? Yeah. Actually, we in Nashville, we have a pretty good-sized Ukrainian
0: community okay. In Nashville. I like how you ask about, like, the whole United States. Like, I have no idea. Well, okay, so, like...
3: Who do you think, Win- do you think Win- I am? I mean...
0: <laughs>
1: I know, okay, Winnipeg, You're not a
0: demographics expert? What is okay. this?
1: Winnipeg in general, I know, has a very... or had, at one point, was a very high population of Ukrainian and Polish immigrants. And... Mm-hmm. I guess the background to that is that they tend to have come come from a climate that was very similar to that, so it it was very simple for them to to be like, yeah, this is this is cool. I can handle this. Just like like home,
2: Minnesotians, I call their Vikings. You know, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's why why they're Vikings. Got in Great Lakes and wound up over there.
1: Hey, okay, so um, we're like pushing over the two hour mark that we normally record for to try to keep things within a logical amount of time for people to listen to. I don't mind going over two hours. It doesn't bother me whatsoever, but maybe uh, it would be a good idea if you're cool with it to just rifle off a couple questions that we normally ask our guests. Uh, We'll start off with, tell me about your first anvil. What did you, what was your first anvil?
2: Oh man, it's cool. I was uh, out, I was out in my ministry and I was, I knocked on this door and I noticed this guy's garden in the back and he had these anvils all through his garden. What? Really nice guy. I mean, and I was looking for a good anvil, man. You know, I, you know, I, I was, I was just, just a step above hitting hot metal on a rock, you know, but, uh, uh and I ta- met the guy and all this stuff and, and he was showing me his anvils and, Oh, no, I would, I would be happy. I would love to buy one of these from you. They're just sitting out here in the garden. He goes, I really don't want to sell them. So I kept bugging him. I'd go visit him again, and I kind of broke the ice. He had an old pickup truck out there that I had the same model pickup truck, and I needed some parts. I'm like, Well, what do you take for that old pickup truck? You know, I'll take two hundred bucks for it. So I bought it. You know, broke the ice. Got, be, <laughs> got the pickup truck. Anyways, the guys like. Oh, well, I like about the. Uh, I'm a year into this, and I'm go over there one day, and he goes, "You know, Clark, I, I, think I'll go ahead and sell you an anvil. I think if I sell you an anvil, you'll use it." I'm like, nice. yeah, I use it?" I said, i will figure to find out, you know." He goes, "Well, I got one out here. I, I think it's perfect for you." We go out, and he's like pulling the weeds away and all this stuff, and there's this perfect. Two hundred and thirty something pound Peter Wright. Oh, nice! Yeah, and he goes. um, He looks at me and he goes, uh, "Would two hundred bucks be all right?" And I'm like, and I liked like, I said, I said, I said, no, Robert. I goes, 200 bucks. I'm not going to give you 200 bucks for that anvil. He goes, what? I said, I'm going to give you 500 bucks. For that. <laughs> I want to be able to sleep at night. I said, that anvil's worth a lot more than $500. He goes, really? I'm like, yes. Oh. And I said, and I'll buy all the rest of them one day if you will ever let me, if you ever decide to sell your house, I would like. It. Because he had other beauties out there. But I wind up with a 232 pound ant and peter ride. It's gorgeous, pristine condition. I, I still use it. All That's
0: awesome. It's That's great, man.
2: You know, and, uh, and one day I'm driving by there and the place is up for sale and I pull in and there's nobody at the house. The anvils are still out in the garden and there's nobody in the house. And I'm trying to contact neighbors. How can I contact them? I want to buy those anvils. And then a week later, the place is dozed. Oh. Hmm. And I'm like, I almost feel like going out there with a the metal detector and seeing if they buried the animals. Oh, jeez, yes. I hope not. Oh, because, goodness. I mean, they dozed it so fast. Probably took it for scrap metal. Oh, what there, a shame. There, no kidding. Oh, there were some hay out there and just some, oh, God, there were some gorgeous sandals. He had one hay bean out there. I bet the thing weighed 400 pounds and had a horn a mile long. <clears throat>
0: Making know, me I th- told him,
2: I'd be telling him that day how it's "Now, there, so I'll give you two grand for that anvil right now. No kidding. Mm. He goes, really? I said, yes. I said, don't let it get away. Tell yeah. your wife. If something happens to you, I'll buy it. You know? Okay, yeah. I said, I'll give you a fair d- dollar for it because it's beautiful.
1: Making me think of Andrew at uh, Blacksmith Tools there. Did you see how he, Well, he was from, was he at Sofa with all the with all of his anvils and stuff? I think that was at Sofa. He had like Baskets of oh, them.
2: God, there. It's funny at, at sofa. You sometimes, if you got the time to walk around every day, you can follow anvils. Yeah, because the anvil collectors, he'll buy one from somebody, and I'm like, didn't so and so over there just have that? Oh yeah, I bought it from him. And then next, thing you know, the next day, somebody else has it. He sold it. It's the funniest thing. You can watch the animal just move around. You know, it's so funny. But 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 the, man, I, I'm like. There's a couple guys out there and it's like, where do they get these? And there's one okay, guy that okay. must have a hundred anvils on a trailer. I'm like, good grief. they yeah. beauties. Yeah. You know, it is. If you're a tool junkie, don't go sofa <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Unless you want to be a
0: broke tool junkie. Exactly. What's,
1: what's your most memorable moment from uh, a blacksmithing event like that? Oh,
2: I have a funny... Story. I was at the at the Texas Knife shows last year and I stayed at the La Quinta Inn and uh, Doug Marquita stayed at the La Quinta Inn. You know, I come down. I come down, they're eating breakfast with uh, oh, Frank and Nita Marcon- Marconio with two bastards. That'd be a good one for y'all to have on too is with two bastards forge in Texas, but they're eating breakfast with Doug and Frank's like, Clark, come over and sit down with us, eat breakfast. I go over and sit down, you know, Nice. anyways, and, and so we eat breakfast with them, and when we get up, I got the coolest little picture, uh, and, uh, but uh when, when we got done eating, I said, well, I looked at Doug, I said, you know, uh I know I'm going to see you today at the show, but you mind if, you know, uh can I get a picture, you know, and, sure, sure, so as Doug gets up beside me, he gets a puts his arm around me, and I I pull out my knife, you know, like this, you know, and uh, Doug doesn't have a knife, and he's like, I got to get something, so he gets a banana, (laughs) 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 and he's got this banana, (laughs) holding it like a, holding it like, what's that knife he likes, that, uh,
0: uh, the karambit,
2: uh, karambit he's holding it like a karambit and I turned to him and, I, and it was a code at moment I go it will peel uh, it will peel
0: <laughs> that's awesome oh that's yeah. too good that's too good
2: <laughs> um, I, 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 I have the pictures of my favorites it's one of my favorite pictures
1: oh that's so good that is super awesome yeah okay. ah,
0: that's a brilliant picture
1: is that on your Instagram? Yeah, it's on my
0: Instagram.
1: Okay, oh, I, I, that's I'd, too good. <laughs> I can't remember if I if I mentioned this to you at the beginning of the podcast, but if you are cool with it, I am going to steal some of your social media images to create like a collage oh, poster exactly for the episode. Fine. Perfect, perfect. I am going to I am going to use that one for sure. It'll be in there. That's yeah, I'm make,
2: I'm, I, it's got to be on there. I did post it. If I post it on Facebook, it's on my Instagram. But cool. yeah. Oh man. But that was so funny. So we just died life when I go it will peel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well, uh, here's something awesome for everybody. If you want to make more memories like the one that Clark just let us know about. You can head to the 2024 Abana Conference, June 6th to 9th, in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. The Artists Blacksmith Association of North America is celebrating their 50th anniversary, and the event will feature team forging competition, demonstrations, opportunities for hand on education, family activities, and even more. You can find all of this information if you visit abana.org/slash 50th anniversary. Do not, do not hesitate to go and check this event out, you guys. 50th anniversary by Abana is bound to be mind-blowing and
0: something you will yeah, never Yeah, it's going to be a big one. Yeah. Yeah, there has been some discussion about us putting together a team. Oh, what? Yeah, Fortune competition. Oh, yeah. Oh. I don't know if it's going to happen. It's pretty, it's a bit, it's a bit of a stretch, but it might.
2: Cool. Yeah. Cool. I, I I never get to go to the Abana because I like, I love the blacksmith gathering. It's only a couple of weeks before in, in Punctitani. Right. That's, that's four days, 24 hour a day forging. Wow. It's, it's a, it's a beast of a fun time. Cool. A lot of good fun people and, um, they always said, well, last year was smelt team six. This year, it'll be smelt team seven. You know, they'll be making a big bloom. You know, the bloom they made last year was over 100 pounds.
3: Whoa! Wow.
2: That is a
0: serious bloom. <laughs> yeah. And,
2: uh, it was crazy. It was so big. We couldn't hardly get it cut fast enough. You know, it, it was just crazy huge. And I, I that, that was the first time I'd ever experienced a bloom, watching a bloom actually from start to finish. And I'm like, that's just too
1: Want to see that is your first one? That's awesome. It was dude. my first one. Very cool. Yeah,
2: you know, I've seen them on TV, but to see it in person, that was it was crazy. And the ladies, the guy, the, the guys' girlfriends and wives and stuff were in in on it. Man, this women were animals. I mean, they they worked just as hard as the guys, swinging them sledgehammers and shaping that thing. And just gosh, just, it was it was incredible. It was incredible.
0: That's pretty amazing. Yeah. But, All right. I think I'm gonna yeah. oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah,
2: Bana approached me as soap and asked so me if I could come there. I'm thinking, I don't think I can do two Pennsylvania things in a row. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long drive.
1: It's a long drive, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And when you're pulling like a eight thousand pound trailer, it's a long drive. It's, right. it's just a, you
1: know fair.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. But
0: Nick, um, throw out your 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 question that you always do buddy my favorite question yes please when you're working by hand at the anvil what's your go-to hammer
2: alan larson my alan larson rounding hammer my little actually it's a three and a half pounder i like a larger hammer uh i'm a i'm a choke up short stroke kind of guy um it's a lot easier on my elbows yep and i do it that way instead of pounding you know swinging a but that, ah, uh, oh man, Andrew Larson, he's in Kentucky. It, that thing moves metal like butter. I mean, it's a, it just,
0: almost moves it too fast sometimes. It's just, just a great hammer. Um, yeah, heavy rounding now, hammers. Huh? Like, in my opinion, heavy rounding hammer is the
2: way to go. It is. It really is. When he first made me that hammer, I thought, like, gosh, this thing's heavy. I'm gonna peel myself using this, but. Because now he says just choke up on it, and use it a little bit that way. He said you'll learn to, and I, he's right a lot of it. Hmm. And Andrew's a little guy; he's a lot smaller than me, and that's, he swings those things like a
1: beast. Uh, uh, it's those those guys, man. Him and Mark Ling and Ethan Hardy, just the, and there's uh, one other guy that's part of the the gang. Uh, Travis, I think, is his name. All four yeah. of those guys, just phew, crazy awesome. Crazy, awesome!
2: Yeah, the chain gang.
1: Yeah, That's, yeah um... the, the, they win at sofa. You put
2: at a, at a forging competition. You put Andrew Larson and Dave Custer together. Oh yeah! Everybody else may as well just quit. Then <laughs> I, mean, I think last you know last year's competition was twenty minute tongs. You had to make tongs. Oh my gosh! Twenty minute, and they gave you a couple little pieces of metal. He had to make tongs in 20 minutes. I think Andrew and Dave were done in like 15 and they were awesome.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. Wicked.
2: Yeah. You know, but they're, those kids are, I call them kids because that's all they are is kids, you know.
1: Yeah, really. I mean, in comparison, right?
2: I mean, I, oh no, I've been going up to Andrew's shop since he was like 15. Oh, nice. He had, you know, he had a, Hundred pound little giant in there and all that stuff and he was fifteen years old and he he'd already paid for that stuff
1: crazy. He's, wow, I don't even know
2: if he's even twenty yet. He just got married in August. Yeah. And, uh, um. Uh. He's already built a really nice, fine, a lot bigger shop and a lot better shop than what he had. Wow. He did tell me. He says I'm still using that forge you made me. Five years ago or so, he says, "I bet I bet I've made two thousand hammers in it." <laughs> oh, that's so awesome, that's dude! Awesome. Yeah, you know, yes. So, but uh, yeah, he says I've realigned it a couple times, but he said, I'm still using it. You know, really? uh, but yeah, that was pretty cool. And it's kind of cool. Andrew Larson's running around sofa, and he on. He he, tell, he came up and he goes, oh, you didn't notice, but I got my favorite hat on. He, and he says, I wear this thing everywhere. And I said, man, I got to give him another one. He has Clark Iron Forge hat on, you know, and walking all over the sofa. You know? nice.
1: that's, that's, that's super wicked. awesome. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, uh, it's been an amazing conversation with you, to say the least. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. I don't know if there's anything else you want to touch on. It looks like Nick wants to touch something, and I hope it's not me.
0: <laughs> music we forgot away. the music ah music what have you been listening to nick oh um so i don't know <laughs> if i've said this one before but i've been listening to hammer and the anvil by the uh, longest johns it's like you a have sea shanty no you, you've, right, you've said that, that one, on the one the before the, yeah
1: that's on the list all right
0: then uh the other thing this is i don't know maybe somewhat topical but uh the other night, I found myself listening to "Blue Moon of Kentucky" by Bill Monroe. Nice. Beauty,
1: out mm-hmm. boy, that's that's a good Blue one, Tad. Oh, that's wicked. I'm super happy to add that to the list. But that's awesome. What about yourself, Clark? What's uh, what's taking your box right now?
2: Um, <laughs> I'm 67 years old. And I'm still a metalhead.
1: No way.
2: Yeah. I'm- King Nothing, Metallica, you know,
1: cool, sweet, man.
2: you know all the good, all the good classics like that. Uh, oh gosh, you know, but I, I when I did stonemasonry, I worked for so many country artists and even some rock artists that live around here. But you know, um, but songwriters and stuff. So I'm I'm a huge country fan too. You know, I love country music. Um, but, but when I'm Hit and metal, I, I do like to listen to the metal. <laughs> you
3: know, Nice. So, and, uh,
1: King Nothing yeah. by Metallica is definitely oh. an awesome song to add to our list, man. That's going on there for sure. I'm stoked at like that. King
2: Nothing, that's a good song, man. I, I've got to put a reel together with that in the background. It's such a cool beat, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's a... It is. Yeah, definitely get you going. Yep. That's hilarious. When we're forging up at the blacksmith gathering in Pennsylvania, they got big old huge speakers set up, and they are just pounding metal.
0: Oh, that's awesome, dude. Oh, man, oh, man. Yeah, I do my best personally to make it so that the list is as eclectic as possible.
1: Yeah, yeah. you oh, yeah. I good throw in all stuff. sorts
0: of real weird stuff. Hey, I'll throw, I'll, know, I'll, I'll throw know, a weird one to, in, man. It,
2: you look at my playlist on my iHeartRadio, and it's like Harry Chapman. Iron Butterfly, you know, uh, uh, oh gosh, uh, well of course uh, um, Metallica uh, five finger death punch you know Nice <laughs> uh, nice uh, you know just Yeah you know, but then my then Luke Holmes, uh, you know uh, um,
0: Hey variety is like, the spice of life. Brian, you know <laughs> all these
2: guys, you know, fun yeah. people. My buddy uh, um, oh, uh, oh God! The Australian got kid. Uh, I call him a kid. Married to Nicole Kidman. Uh, oh God! Dude, what's his name? Keith Urban. Yeah,
0: that guy. Dude.
2: Oh yeah. Cool people. Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, all them. I met all them. Done work at their houses.
1: No oh, way, right, really dude! Holy shit! Yeah. Uh, he
3: got on around. around.
2: The coolest guy to, to hang with and just talk with, and he'll talk with you all day about everything like we've done, is Billy Ray Cyrus. He's huh. a he's some, I
0: bet like, that yeah. would be a really interesting conversation. My daughter is yeah.
1: a huge fan of his daughter.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's done a good job of getting away, the whole Han- getting away from the whole Hannah Montana genre,
1: you know, but she's a good Yeah. Fan. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I can jam out to some fucking T Swizzle, man
2: she's crazy kind of, yeah. but, but, but she's a it's funny when i was building a fireplace out there at billy and tish's house uh i tell you how long ago it was they were actually there that week there the news people were there that week interviewing and shooting miley because she'd got the hannah montana
0: role
1: that's, that's how long ago that I, was. I just oh, fucked wow. that up it's miley cyrus not taylor swift whoops
0: yeah, I was looking uh, yeah, at you so, kind of strange yeah, when you said that.
1: I, realized, I I saw you look at me, and I was like, what did I just say there? I was like the other day I was talking yeah, to... Uh, a,
0: brain-mouth not, connection, not, no worky. I'm not a
2: huge yeah. Taylor fan. I don't know what it is, about
0: that. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, Come on, shake it off as a bop. Uh,
3: yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, you can't, get, can't go wrong with that. Um. I like All right, Lando, What's you, your you choice? We will, we will never be together by, uh, by Taylor Swift is my Taylor Swift choice. If I was to check, pick oh, one right of her on. songs, yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, my choice is. <laughs> my choice is actually it's um, something probably way different than most people are gonna expect or find music wise. They are a different kind of band. I'm huge on the Sugar Shack Sessions, man. Um, if you go and check out YouTube Sugar Sugar Shack Sessions, they are like a grassroots movement from Florida that brings on bands from all over that are like on that like mellow vibe kind of like reggae roots kind of stuff or whatever. I have brought them up previously, um, on the episode with Sam uh, Wandition and, um, the band that I'm, like I've been listening to these guys for a long time, but Little Stranger has just peaked my playlist so many times in the last few days, week, and the song that's really getting me going is Red Rover. It is a fast-paced kind of white boy rap song that m- might not fall into a good category with a lot of people, but it's vibing on me big time, dude. I'm really liking it. It gets me, gets me pumped. It's a good, good feeling song. So well, you have to send me a take, link to I that, man. I'm
2: Taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta check these out. I'm I, I'm not really. I love all kinds of music. I I man. I you know I love like classical guitars and things like that. I was always hooked on Glenn Campbell and oh, yeah. you know, remember Roy Clark and all these guys. Mm-hmm. Are phenomenal guitarists, you know. Brad Paisley.
1: Um, well I'll throw one at you that'll t- here's a twist show, for you. Yeah. Diana Kral, one of my favorite artists. Oh, ah, yes.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. they yeah, pretty some pretty amazing artists, you know.
1: Yeah. Um Actually speaking lot, I mean, of I, uh I, sorry. Go ahead. Speaking of good artists, um I mean they're artists. They they released an amazing song that peaked the charts. Uh the 12 days of Christmas. I'm talking about Bob and Doug McKenzie. These two boys are, they're our boys, man, and we fall back on them every episode for our outro. Let's do it, Nick. Come on, give me some Bob and Doug McKenzie love.
0: Good day.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: oh, you guys
1: are crazy. Yeah, oh, bitch. yeah. I've been told that a few times. We've been
0: keeping it toned down today. You should see how yeah, bad some of these episodes I got,
2: I got go. You, I got y'all in the uh uh the PG fourteen mode, you know, or thirteen. <laughs> oh man. Yep. Yeah, some of our episodes go completely
0: off the too. rails. I appreciate it too. This is uh, almost this is, this is, a family friend- a good friendly
1: episode. It was very close to being I, family I think, friendly. I
0: think yeah. we could call this one family friendly. There was a couple there was
1: a couple F bombs yeah. in there. Yeah,
0: they were your, they
2: were quickly covered part, up. Part. Yeah. Yeah. Lando, Lando's got potty mouth. Come on now. Jeez. <laughs> I
1: mean,
0: yeah, I'm the one who managed to keep it under wraps. <laughs> oh, okay, that's good. Oh man. Yeah, I don't know, fourteen man. years I'm, in the army. I normally swear like a sailor. I'm a welder,
1: dude. I'm. Come on, we're supposed to, aren't we? <laughs>
2: yeah, I think I think have. we did a pretty you good job to. generally. To. Rise above it. Rise above it.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've I've been trying, dude. And the last seven years have definitely been a big change for me. So thank, be thankful you didn't get to meet me seven years ago prior That's to having a child. More. Things were a lot different. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, chilblains can do that to you. Sure does. That they can. They can, especially when they repeat something you said, and you're like, "Oops, I gotta mm-hmm. shut up." <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? I've always been the one who's like heard my son say something. I look at my ex wife, be like, "Seriously, <laughs> seriously, seriously? You're supposed to be learning this from me." <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey uh here's a a quick question for you maybe hopefully it's not gonna take us too down too far down the rabbit hole uh blacksmith dead or alive if you could spend a day with anybody who would it be
3: oh boy man there's so many of them my good
2: friend in uh arkansas lee you know, he's one of the top. They call him the Godfather of the Blacksmith Knife. You know, oh, yeah. you know he's a great guy.
1: Is he on Instagram? Not, or...
2: really, not getting any younger. Ray knives. Ray knives. Check his Definitely. Out. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess uh, Neil in Hawaii would be in. The next uh-huh. one uh, yeah, everyone would like to. Beautiful. Do something with Neil. He's a pretty stand-up guy.
1: Right. You can tell,
2: you can tell he loves life.
1: Yeah. yeah, and
2: he's had boy, you talk about somebody's fought some demons. Yeah, yeah, you know, he really has. You know, he's uh, I think he's fought like he's he's fought severe depression. I think I'm not sure, but I think his mother might have killed herself. Oh, uh, like,
1: I, I think or I've heard about he that too. I, I think no, oh, no, I, you're, no, you're saying because something familiar,
2: depression and he's fought severe. depression yeah. and, It's like a lot of people that come to me getting into this business out, and they'll say that how blacksmith has taken them out of a real black hole.
1: Yeah, yeah, helps. Uh, When
2: I hear those stories, I it just it hits it touches my heart. You know, a lot lot of times they'll walk away from here with a lot more than they came to get. You know, because I just want to help them. If that's helping them that way, I want to help them as much as I can.
1: Oh, dude, uh, that's solid. That's super solid, man.
2: Because. There are, you know, there are a lot, you know, we have a Rob Dane up here in, uh, west of Clarksville, uh, Tennessee. Um, he, uh, runs a thing called Healing Flames. Nice. Yeah. PTSD.
1: Yeah. We got a guy, uh, from our group, Cameron Bennett, that's doing the same thing up here. It's called Forging Ahead.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard of that one for sure. And, uh, uh, but, but those are really good good things it's yeah. like it's like one guy i met in sofa we were talking about it. he said yeah he says i i was in the marines and they made me a, a killing machine i got out of the marines and i never got to kill anybody he said so i had all this pent up Rage, anger. Yeah. The yeah thing for me to do is when i'm mad is to beat on steel you know so and so that uh i said wow yeah i can i could probably relate to that i People and I my history, people, don't realize it, there was a time in my life that I just had a very volatile temper. Mm. And but I, I that person is non-existent now.
1: What's the what's the what was the key? What was the key to that?
2: Uh, just a angry childhood.
1: What What helped I, you overcome it?
2: I lived with uh I, uh, I lived with alcoholic. No, and things like that, you know? Sorry to hear that. Um, angry, angry. What helped me overcome that was my relationship with God. That's good now, to hear, man. Don't want to really get religion, really, you don't want to get religious, but that...
1: That's fine. For
2: that, if it wasn't for that, I'd be dead. Really, but, eh? Yeah, I would have gave it up a long time ago. Wow.
1: That's deep, dude. But yeah. I can, I can feel that. I don't have the relationship with God, but uh ther- therapy has definitely speaking uh, i'm i lean more on buddhism and my my uh, therapist that i see she's a, a a bit of a buddhist guru for me and uh, that's that beautiful compressor at Nick's place I was gonna say somebody's compressor came on yeah um yeah man uh mental stability in this world seems to be a very Difficult thing, man, uh, for a lot of people. And it seems to be coming out in a lot of podcasts lately. I hear um, talk about it on, on a few different podcasts now. So it's, well, yeah, Nick, I mean, he's been very open about his his story in, in life of uh, going to what he calls clown college there and kind of being, <laughs> I don't know, I don't help helped. I, I know he's. We were just talking for like probably an hour before we sat down with you, Clark, about what we're dealing
2: while
1: with. I was sleeping. <laughs> yeah, you was yeah. sleeping. Yeah, but we, we, yeah, me and Nick both have our our demons that we we fight that or that we fight that we have fought and we continue to fight. Um, like I said, I I go to therapy, or I haven't been for a while. I really need to reach back out to my therapist and and talk to her again. I don't even like to call it therapy. It's we just have amazing conversations that help keep me grounded, that uh, that take me back to reality a little bit and make and make me, like, she shakes my head and says, no, I'm not for these dark thoughts. Think these ways instead. And it's just, for some reason, she's able to bring me back to light type thing, I guess, is the way to look at it.
2: Well, with me, you, you have to have a,
1: a good routine of something each day,
2: and we do especially in the morning. Yeah, just to sit your day off.
1: Properly. That's exactly and, you know, what they just said on my, the live my,
2: my wife and I, we, I, I guess we're very different from most couples, but like I said, we've been married a long time, but we spend anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour every morning with each other out on the patio. And we, uh, well, like I say, not being getting religious, we read scripture together and we pray together. And, you know, we do that every day. And even when I was at SOFA, I did it, I'd do it over the phone with her.
1: You know, oh, that's so, beautiful, you know,
2: man. You know, that's really so, nice. Sister, yeah, dude. Uh, and it, it grounds you, gives you something positive to think about each and every day mm-hmm. to overcome the negatives that you're going to have. Right. Every day you're going to have something negative happen, you know, it might be that dumb horse's butt that pulls that in front of you and flips you off. I like you were the guy that ran <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. the guy down, you know, right. but, uh, but yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, you know, something's going to happen. And the thing is, you know, just start your day off, right. Uh, give yourself, give your mind something to meditate on all day long and, and on the good things. Even though there's so much badness around us in the world, we have so much good to live for, you know, and uh, that's why I try to be, even though sometimes when I'm dealing with some of the most uh, aggravating customers, you know, I try to do my best just to be calm and kind, and I have warned people, I'll just say I'm having a really bad day, so Let me call you back in an hour. (laughs) You know, I don't want to talk with you right now, and I'm sure not saying this because I'm mad. I'm just having a bad time and I don't want to make you think I'm a bad person, you know.
1: No, you know what? That is sometimes that is the best thing you can do is just let it sit for a little bit. And you know the the good old saying, this too shall pass, right?
2: Oh, yeah, 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 exactly.
1: Yeah,
2: I'm, that's why I love this time of year. You know, it's about to, and I got Brenton out there that's really holding a lot of the, the hard stuff to do, you know, all the things. And I'm just mainly dealing with customers and getting sales out. So, uh, this time of year, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll be, I'll be bow hunting and stuff like that. Just. And, enjoying life and being peaceful and all that stuff, you know, and just enjoying nature, creation, whatever. Uh, I love that, whether I put something in the freezer or not, you know. Mm -hmm. If you hunt, you know um, that's what it's about.
1: Well, man, it sounds like life's treating me pretty well at this point, man. Uh, I'm glad that we've... uh, Glad that we've had this opportunity to get to learn about who you are and hear your story about your life a little bit. I mean, I'm sure there's we could learn so much more about you. It sounds like you've got a very... Good. Write,
2: my wife says I should write a book.
1: Maybe you should, yeah. And I'm, I'm
2: comfortable. Mm-hmm.
0: Give her.
1: You know, why not? What's the worst that can come from it, right? Yeah, yeah. I just don't
2: want to waste the time on some. I'm not. A, it's. I don't want. I don't want it to be all about me. You know.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Good for you, buddy.
2: Like Alan Jackson's wife, she wrote a book about her husband, and it was called "It's All About Him." <laughs> believe me, working with Alan Jackson, it sure was.
3: <laughs> 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 but, yeah,
1: but he was a rascal. But, uh, it takes a certain person to be at that level, dude. Well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, well, but yeah, well, who knows? But I, I tell you what, this this has been really enjoyable, really enjoyable. Yeah,
1: oh, I'm glad you enjoyed your time, time, dude. Yeah, man, I enjoyed it too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I woke up. <laughs> I am too, dude. I was, <laughs> I was worried. I'm very glad that we, glad that we got this. to do this tonight. Oh, I'm glad I woke up, you know.
2: I feel a lot better now because I was thinking, oh, my God, I I was thinking this thing was like live or something, you know. I was like, oh, my Goodness, just horrible. <laughs> I did, just, it all turned nice out so great. Bad, like.
1: No, I don't. Need, I don't record the video either, so it's just audio. I've been bugged oh, that I should. Total audio. Yeah, I've been okay. bugged that I should do the video, but it's just. I don't know. Nah, the audio's great. Yeah, yeah. it's a podcast. I, it's just. It's I, just audio. I think what I'm gonna start doing. So, I'm, this area behind me, I'm gonna start setting it up to be. Like a recording studio where I can sit down with somebody and have in-person conversations and record that with video for YouTube.
2: And, oh, that'd be cool, yeah, that'd man. Be a little hard though, because aren't
1: you a little limited with your people up all? Oh, You'd up be there. surprised how many blacksmiths are in Winnipeg, dude.
2: Oh, okay, well, that's cool.
0: Yeah. Well, just like the environs, kind of around their regular, you know, reasonable driving distance.
1: Yeah, and then. Add in the fact, like I, I do love to travel. I typically go to British Columbia once every year for a skiing trip. Um, so you know, couple in uh, making a few podcasts recording while I'm on a skiing trip, and all of a sudden now it's a business trip that I can write off. Right?
2: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm. I love to. I love to hop in my truck and take trips. I, I don't even mind if I'm pulling an eight thousand pound trailer. You know, my truck is just screaming on every. What day. do you have
1: for a truck?
2: It's it's believe it or not, it's just a half ton Dodge with a Hemi in it. Oh my God! Four wheel drive. It's wow. A good truck. What year? It's, it's built. It's built to tow. It's 2006. Okay. You know, we're talking what 17 year old truck. You know, yeah.
1: I got a 14, and I blew the engine on it a couple it's years a ago. now.
2: truck. I like the. The thing is that four wheel drive model. That was the year that. Dodge made the independent only year they made the independent front suspension on their four-wheel drive trucks. And I'm kind okay. of glad I got it. The thing rides so nice, huh. you know. Right. It 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 handles really good. And I put airbags on it for towing, which makes Yeah. It all- yeah. It's the only way to tow a heavy loads with airbags. Is oh me. yeah. Man. Man, it's just awesome, really. You know, the truck doesn't you don't feel like you're moving when you're going around corners and stuff. It's just, just tight, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's funny I had to change my brakes at sofa. I I pull all the way up to sofa. I get I drive all the way to sofa and as soon as I pull in, I'm I'm slowing down to stop at the registration office. As soon as I hit my brakes I hear <sighs> I'm like oh. Oh. I'm like, oh great. So I'm like I can't tow this thing home until I cha- I change my brakes there. <laughs>
1: Pat, pads and rotors or uh just pads
2: yeah little disc brakes but real it's, quick it's funny. yeah it's a quick job quick and simple yeah yeah, yeah nothing's quick when you're doing it on asphalt yeah. <laughs> yeah. but yeah but, but it was fun but it, it uh, but you know I'm sh- I'm sure glad it let me know it then and not
1: halfway you know, or yeah
2: miles on the way home right yep yeah that would have been fun to change on the side of the road. No. I did have a uh, i did <laughs> I did have one horrible experience almost had a terrifying wreck coming home. You know I was coming through Kentucky and you know doing about seventy seventy five pulling a trailer, and I just see up in the distance some guy driving way off. he's got his flashers on he's in the right lane. And it was just not even a minute. It was just seconds. I was on him. He was in a, I guess he's an electric car that was lost charge. (laughs) And it had him down to limp mode. Mm. And he was driving all a 10 mile an hour on the interstate. There was a truck come up behind me. He nearly jackknifed. Oh, shit. Yikes. And this idiot had... 15 foot of shoulder to drive on. Jesus. But he was in the right lane.
1: Oh my gosh. And, uh.
2: and I have like a big train horn on my truck and I laid on that train horn and he got off on the shoulder, you know? Yeah. And, but but I'm thinking, man, I nearly, this truck behind me, him in front of me, I nearly died. This mm-hmm. was, but I couldn't believe it. I'm thinking, if I was a policeman, I'd pull that dude over and say, give me your license, you're never driving again. <laughs>
3: oh,
2: <laughs> man. You're not it, smart enough to pull off on the shoulder when you're only doing 10 mile an hour in a no second. kidding.
1: If only the police had the ability to do that sometimes. Oh,
2: well, some of them think they do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they
2: just end it right
1: there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, there's that too. We're very dangerously close to
2: politics.
1: (laughs) Yeah, dangerous Uh, politics.
2: Nick's going crazy. Lando, stop! No! Don't do (laughs) it! Don't dive down that hole! (laughs) (laughs) Nick, you didn't get you one of the little air horns.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right into the (laughs) microphone. You <laughs> could just just start tapping on the microphone. That'd probably do the trick. Just... No, bad Lando. No, bad. Sorry, <laughs> that's not right. okay, so gonna, gonna do it. Been fun
2: and real, but has it been real fun? Yes, yeah, It's, been yeah. real
1: fun. it's sure. this has been one hell of a Midwestern goodbye, that's for sure.
2: Yep, yeah. <laughs> it's been a of, What we say? About about half an hour, half
3: or? hour. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: proper. Okay. Well done. Well, Good night, by boys.
2: Bye A. I'm gonna say bye, y'all. Don't don't
1: <laughs> Don't close the don't close the screen yet. Just a sec. Uh yeah. Excellent chatting with you, bud.